Hi everyone, Julie here. If you want to hear future episodes before anybody else, join our Patreon, where you'll get episodes three days early, as well as access to Slack and all sorts of other things. You can find us at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. Thanks for listening. Visit us at podlanderpresents.com to find information on all of our shows. seconds ago <laughs> okay and now this is podlander drunkcast brought to you by the uh, touring company of stump <laughs> okay all right so no keep all of this oh my god it's such a mess okay i will <laughs> oh my nails again so okay. listen we have a lot to talk about with this episode enough that it is possible that this is going to be a double maybe uh, maybe. maybe we'll see um but we cannot get into this episode before we right a grievous wrong. Mm, mm-hmm. I, re- I realized while editing. Yeah. Which is this. Last week, the excellent episode last week that we went long on, mostly for Mary Poppins jokes. Yes, mostly. <laughs> there is something we didn't talk about. And it is this. Dick Knife. Ooh. Ooh. Um, welcome to Podlander Drugcast and Outlander Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That, I'm Amelia. That's Amelia, folks. Um, and before we do anything else, we are going to talk about the Dick Knife. Um... The dick knife, folks. The dick knife. For the people who haven't read the books. Remember the knife that Jamie gives Claire? Mm-hmm. Not his penis. The actual knife. Mm-hmm. In the previous episode where he's like, I carved it for you with me own with me own two hands. I'm Scottish. And then she was like, oh, it fits my hand perfectly. So in the banks, the reason it fits her hand perfectly is because he uses the, the memory. Sense of memory. Ha- sense memory of how her hand feels around his dick. Dick knife. Ooh. 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 <laughs> 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 so like, how does how does that actually work? Like like let's just in our mind, in our mind palace, think about Hey like, Neil! <laughs> how do you call Neil, something? Come here. How do you translate a memory into a shape? You know what I mean? Like, how does that... I'm so well, bewildered. I'm actually crying a little bit. Okay, that's the thing. You, first of all, I need you to remember that a hand job saved his life. That's true. I mean, it was an important hand job. Neil, do you... This is a very personal question. You can decline and we will cut this if you want. Do you think, if forced, you could recreate the grip of Julie's hand based on the knowledge of how it feels around your dick. Like, if you had to carve... Like, can I hold my dick the way Julie does? I mean... What an excellent question. Maybe? That isn't what... I was going to say, could you carve a piece of wood into the shape... Into a shape that would fit Julie's hand based on the knowledge of Julie's Memory. hand you have gained from X number of Wait, years of can I touching your dick. make a wooden dildo of my own penis for Julie's use? Another excellent question. I, I, I don't knocking it out of the park. Okay. Imagine. You're like, you know what Julie needs? A knife. Okay? And you're like, what I'm going to do is whittle that knife for her. I need to make sure the handle. the handle fits perfectly. So what is her grip like? Oh, I'm familiar with her grip because it's been around my penis a lot. <laughs> Can you carve an abstract concept? I don't think I would start with the penis feels. <laughs> 
would you start with? I don't know. Just the way her hand looks and knowing what it looks like. Like, she got long fingers. Like, that's one thing I'll know. Woman's secret. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for uh-huh. your contribution. Thank you. For your help. Thank you. Um, this has been Dick Knife. <laughs> Dick Knife. Ooh. Um, guys, I'm so glad that I got to share this with you. Now, every time you see clip, like she was walking around today with that knife in her belt. Right. Here. And I need you to know that it is a Jamie Dick Knife. It is carved to feel like Jamie's dick feels when she's giving it a squeeze. Which he remembers vividly because it saved his life. It's a just, dick knife saved my life tonight. <laughs> it just it kind of puts a new. Saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> it puts a new twist into the idea of getting all up in those guts. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It now goes several ways. When you touch me like this, <laughs> and I carve it like, like that. that. It was so long ago, but I'm whittling it into a knife. <laughs> Guys. This has been a tight 10 on Dick Knife. Excellent. All right. Now, having Dick Knifed, Mm -hmm. we Dick Knifed it up. We Dick Knifed it up. We are now talking about Outlander Season 7, Episode 4, A Most Uncomfortable Woman. Allison, why is that the title of this episode? Well, hold on. Let me finish my thingy. Okay. A Most Uncomfortable Woman. Uh, Oh, yeah. This was written by Marky Mark. Unclear. Oh, his name is not Marky Mark. Mark This person's name is... You just said Marky Mark. I know. This person's (laughs) name is M-A-R-Q-U-E. So it could be Marky or Mark. Or Mark. Right on. Mark Franklin William. Um, which I believe that is three of the 18 names that William yes. yelled while not dying in the swamp. Yes. Um, directed by Jackie Gold, who, as you'll remember this season, it's all sets of two. So she, so this fierce fucking bitch, uh, whose name, by the way, as a reminder, is spelled J-A-C-Q-U-I-E, not, as it says for this episode, J-A-C-K-I-E. Get it together, yeah, Daphne. Um... <laughs> Uh, Jackie Gold directed the excellent Death Be Not Proud, as well as the excellent, spoiler, A Most Uncomfortable Woman. Good job, bitch. You are good at your job. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, So, Julie, your question. So, I was thinking about the title of the episode, which, of course, made us all laugh, because what are we but a bunch of most uncomfortable women? women. And then it's only said it once by Tom Christie to Claire, but there's not really anything in the episode about her being uncomfortable. I guess she's uncomfortable. He's going, Jamie's going back to war. Bree is uncomfortable in the future timeline because she's trying to get a job. Like what? Let's so when Tom Christie says a most uncomfortable woman, he's not saying she's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. He's saying she makes makes him him uncomfortable. uncomfortable, Right. Mm -hmm. And this is an episode with three women who all have that quality Mm. and they are all beloved spoiler obvious sex size right yeah of prominent male characters in the outlander cinematic universe so there's claire who in this case is actually made uncomfortable by what we must say is a non-consensual kiss yes however cinema (laughs) yes it was um it was it's complicated he was willing to die for her. She obviously cares very deeply about him, but in a very different way, and it's complicated. And yes, she didn't want him to kiss her, and yes, she didn't like it, but also she did not pull away because she was shocked. Shocked. And it's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of emotions. It's a sea mm-hmm. of emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll it's, get into it. It's like mid-career yeah. Beck. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of feelings. Sea change. Um, it's a lost cause, baby. It's a lost cause. Um, 
So, uh, so there's one un- one mm. uncomfortable woman who is made uncomfortable, um, and there's she's going to war. She's marching right at the head of yeah. Jamie's militia with him. Right, this classic Claire. We do, this is not a Claire heavy episode. Mm-mm. But it's fine, because we know she's the most uncomfortable woman. I cannot wait to talk about the scene. That's one. Two, Brianna, who, I'll remind you, <laughs> says in a job interview, and what about the plant inspector position requires, requires a, a penis? penis. Excellent And question. then he says, oh, who knows, some bullshit. And then she's like, so you routinely hire men who assault women? And he's like, no, 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 no. It's just, it's, uh, you know, it's complicated work. It's a tough environment. So your plant is built in a state of disrepair, Right. Like every single thing, she's very polite. She's wearing a fetching skirt. I also yes. can't wait to talk about the costumes. Um, but she's like, no, denied. <laughs> you don't understand how much bullshit I've put up with men. I traveled in time, sir. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Listen, you think you're bad? Come on. I am the baddest ass. I am the baddest of the badasses. <laughs> I sailed in the fucking 1700s. You try it. Try it. I sailed across the ocean. I invented matches. I invented <laughs> matches, thus burning down my parents' house, but also saving their lives. Okay. And giving my husband a crisis of faith. So back up. Yeah. Right. Uh, she also, we must acknowledge, makes Roger uncomfortable. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Roger. Um, someone in the crowd cast has a great way of describing that scene. I can't wait to discuss. Um, and the third is my main bitch. So happy for you to meet the hotness that is Quaker Barbie. Oh, Quaker Barbie's got it going on. Rachel Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the hotness. Rachel, um, since she got a big cast announcement, I'm going to go ahead and assume that this is not a spoiler. Rachel is in it for the long haul. You'll mm-hmm. be seeing a lot of Rachel. Good. Um, and her brother, her. who also rules, by the way. Her brother is also the tits. So um, just not as he's not as much of the tits as Rachel. Rachel mm-hmm. is really the tits. Um, so get used to those characters. So a most uncomfortable woman, three storylines right. that all um, include... An uncomfortable woman mm-hmm. um, whose directness is. Ian is really like, you remind me of my aunt. Mm. <laughs> Did you know she travels in time? Whoops. Oops. <laughs> um, even Rollo was like, I'll stay. Hey. You got any treats? I have a, there's, when we get to that scene, there's a very particular performance that she reminds me of that I think is really great. great. Love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to Mandy. An yes. uncomfortable woman in, in the making. Yes. Uh, a, a, oh, you're right. A woman who, sorry, in her little suspenders, love it. Is She's also sorry. like, my brother locked me in the priest hole. Love it. I got some time to myself. So. Why don't you go ahead and keep locking me in here? Oh, no, I'm oh. so sad. <laughs> Jim, how many times have I told you not to lock your sister in the priest hole? She's like, I'm fine. Yeah, I like it. Leave me in here. It's Shit. great. I'm away from you and your sad boy antics, dad. Yeah. Okay. I think as usual, the best way to approach this is to go story by story okay. because we have okay. three distinct plot lines here. I think that they all rock. Rock. Who am I? I think that they are all too legit to quit. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm very excited to talk about this episode because my TV critic brain is just going ding, 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 But first, uh, yesterday, I was walking down Broadway in ye olde Chicago town with one Amelia Bazell. Me. And she, not hours before, was like, 
I can't do the episode tomorrow. I have a birthday party. Uh, and, and then jump ahead, travel in time, if you will, a, just a couple of hours later. She was like, yeah, but maybe instead I'll hang out. Um, and then if I have to leave to get to the birthday party, I just will, maybe. Um, so Amelia, mm-hmm. please, first of all, share with us the assessment you shared with me of why this episode is so good. And then if there are specific things that you wanted to cite, your reasons for absolutely needing to be here, hit us. Mm. Yes, I described it to Allison as um, interesting plot, absolutely soaked, dripping with hot pests. <laughs> a golden shower. A, a consensual Golden it's show. a hotel in Russia. <laughs> That's a timely joke, folks. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the Mark Lewis Jones of it all. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. And then I think there's just enough, like, spectacle. Like, I mean, not that we love some of, like, you know, the whole learning people on fire thing. Yeah, my, we didn't love the pus. I mean, I loved the pus. I'm not going to lie. Oh, Even when it was problematic, it was cinema. It was cinema. It was cinema. It was cinema. And I just... I, we come to this place for magic. <laughs> Jemmy knows there's magic in the world. To laugh. To cry. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you I bought that dress? I did, right? Oh, my God. Fashion Brand Company has an AMC pledge dress. It's like a little black ribbed mini Does dress. Does it have the words on in it? Sequence. The entire thing in rhinestones Re- all the yeah. way down the front. And oh, I bought it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Listener, I bought it. Yeah. And you know what? Oh, my God. I look fucking hot in that dress. <laughs> Um, I'll wear it to a live show, maybe. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Was there more? Were there other things? I mean, there are other things I want to talk about, like, as we get you into get it. get through there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for letting me crash the crowd. You can crash anytime. And, yeah, whatever. Okay. Let's You're start. in this gig. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's start with what is ostensibly the main storyline, but has... Is the most, let's move the story forward so we can get to the next thing, which is why are they not on a boat to Scotland, basically, is, yes. is just is what's happening here with a little side quest to um, non complicated, non-consensual kisses with one of the finest underrated actors of our generation. Um, Agreed. So... Claire and Jamie and Ian, they're road tripping. At the very beginning, you can tell it's been too long. They are cranky. They're cranky and it's cute as fuck. Everybody needs a nap. Everybody needs a shower. It's like the when you're three hours from home after camping. Yes. Oh. It's that. You're mm-hmm. like, there's a shower ahead, and the fact that I haven't had it yet is making me crankier. <laughs> we have to stop at Culver's. It's how much we care. <laughs> so do they serve apples? <laughs> you can probably get an apple flavored custard or milkshake <laughs> which jamie would probably prefer yeah honestly um so jamie is very concerned about the scurvy i'll believe it when i see it uh he's in that mode so he's searching through claire's purse yeah man don't <laughs> don't touch my fucking the moment she goes what are you looking for i'm like god damn i've been there yeah who uh, among us but uh one Mr. Neil Starbird no longer touches my purse without my permission. We, we laid that law down. It's like, Good. that's my spot. Get over it. Um, so he's looking for an apple. <laughs> he's like, and she says, how is it? And he goes, delicious. delicious. <laughs> did we love it or did we hate it? I loved it. Like, I'm glad he didn't say like, oh, it's, it is sweet like honey and also crisp. It's honey crisp. <laughs> but like, I just felt like it was like a weird red delicious joke that oh, kind of pissed me off. I didn't take it that way at all. I read it as straight passive aggression. Like what he actually wants is a steak. 
Yeah, he wants a meal, (laughs) but Claire has long established she's not a great cook, and Ian just killed their housekeeper, folks. So they've just been eating, like, apples and wild onions and hardtack, and they're not even on a fucking boat. Uh, You know what I mean? So, um... I would have settled for, like, toothsome. (laughs) Toothsome? (laughs) Or just some word that is not an apple brand. I liked it, uh, because of the way he said it. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Um, where she's like, yeah, ha ha ha. Scotsmen hate fruit, fresh fruit, yeah. um, because such a weird... because they hate joy. Is there a pure joy in the world than biting into a really fucking delicious apple? I love it. I don't eat them enough. I love apples. I love apples. Mm-hmm. And uh, same with orange. You know what's great to eat high? Mm-hmm. A fucking orange. Mm-hmm. The peeling. You get the peeling. You the get experience. like the, the little the little bursts in your mouth. Ah, uh, yeah, little juice sacks. All right. That does sound pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, apples, also great. Um, so she gives them some cheese. They have a little banter. It's very cute. And then... Ian loses his mind. And then somewhere a man in a bear costume steps on a, <laughs> steps on a twig. And Ian... Listen, here's my secret. I'm always anxious. Mm-hmm. I related to this scene a lot, and I haven't even been threatened by a surly Scotsman who stole some gold. Scary old man. Yeah. Um, so, I get it. So Ian is in, uh, on a, has a one-way round-trip ticket. That's both things. He's in, he's in Paranoiaville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's wasting away again in Paranoiaville. <laughs> Amelia is just... Now she's like, fuck, I'm going to have to learn how to play Margaritaville on yeah, my no, Monica. Yeah. I might draw the line at Margaritaville. <laughs> But I already have to learn how to play the fife. Yeah. So <laughs> might as well learn margarita. I guess I gotta get to this birthday party and leave. I got a lot of work to do today. <laughs> okay. Um do we have any thoughts about the about these early days? About the early No, it sets us up us sets us up nicely because we're on the road, we know we're getting there, we learn something about Ian, it's great. We get to town and then oops. Plot stopped. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just a good introduction. Yeah, and they have the vacation grumpies, which mm-hmm. I loved. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Um, and then Jamie reassures Ian, listen, he's, she, Ian's concern is that Arch is going to kill one of them because he's going to kill someone Ian loves. Mm-hmm. And Jamie is like, I'm the Scottish Terminator. I'm Try not sure what you're concerned about. Yeah. <laughs> I once killed a man in a bear suit. Yeah. Um, it sucked, but I could do it again. And <laughs> uh, so the man in the bear suit slunks. He just slinks just away. Slides away. Homer Sorry, Simpsons twig. backwards through the trees. <laughs> totally. Um, so they arrive in North Carolina, wherever mm-hmm. the fuck they are. They're on their way to New York. They're somewhere mm-hmm. doing something. And um, they run into, hold up, I looked it up. Hig, what's his name? Um, his name is... Mm. Oh, those are all actor names. Harnett. Uh, Cornelius Harnett, mm-hmm. um, who you'll remember from him suspecting that Jamie was not a true revolutionary so then jamie was like try me the cops are coming (laughs) you don't understand i'm a great liar and i am 900 feet tall you scamper i'll cover for your ass but first i'm just gonna gaze into this ball into this jar of balls belonging to a dude who sucks um (laughs) r.i.p and somewhere right now that jar of balls is being fucked by a man with no balls by a ghost with no balls um anyway cornelius harnett shows his appreciation by saying join up or die yeah hey so we need some soldiers for the revolutionary army 
um, you in? in? And Jamie's like, nope, got to take care of some family shit. He's like, no, I think you misunderstood me. I think you're in. You saved my life so that I could do exactly this. Enjoy your time. Fighting for independence. Jamie's like, okay, again, at least I know this side. We will win. But weirdly, I have to admit, I think he was a little bit kind of like about it. Like, oh, well. Well, the other choice is to spend... Claire says you're about to spend three months on a ship. You know what? Excellent point. Yes. Excellent point. Jamie's like, oh no, we can't get on a boat to Scotland. <laughs> oh no. Um, he wants to take Ian back to Jenny. He, he does. does. But I think it's like when you're like, okay, today's the day. I'm cleaning my whole apartment. And then you realize <laughs> that you're you're like- out of like vinegar. You're like, oh no, can't clean my whole apartment. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. And you're still grumpy about it because you need to clean your whole apartment. Oh, no. Not today. Yeah. All right. Um, So Claire and Jamie and Ian have a chat about it. Uh, Claire's like, well, obviously I'm coming with you. I was prepared to fight a war today. And our house just burned down. So let's do this. So I don't have any of my rattlesnake syringes. I've got some doctoring to do. But it's like, I'm not... I'm going to come with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, Jamie. I'm the best doctor in the entire universe. No one will top me for at least 100 years. Mm-hmm. Probably more. I cannot wait till we get to this guy who is just going to be a dick to her. I just cannot wait for him to taste something. I just, I can't wait to see her take him down. I can't wait for her to say, and what part of doctoring requires a penis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and then Ian is like, yeah, me too. Jamie says, Mm-mm. no, go back to Scotland. And Ian says, loophole. Eh? <laughs> we, you promised my mother you'd bring me back sometime. Not today. <laughs> I'm going to go see that asshole and I'm going to tell him that I used to live with a Mohawk and maybe I'll be able to talk. That, that also is yeah. like. Mm. It's complicated. Because yeah, on the one yeah. hand, just just complicated. It is complicated, and I guess Ian doesn't have the knowledge of the future that Claire has, but it's just a, such a shitty situation. Yeah. But he does say, I love this land, which brings me to, did you know that we, Ian, wrote Proud to be an American? Oh! <laughs> I love this land! Oh, God bless, God the, bless USA. the USA! <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, did you know that Ian also invented braids? His hair was looking especially sharp. He was looking specifically hot this episode. And I do not know if it was just that he is hot, because he is. He is hot. Or if it was the reflection of his hotness next to the reflection of the hotness of Rachel. Like, there was something there Mm. that just made him, like, extra hot. Zing! I would bet good money that that young actress was, like, in the running and then nailed it on a chemistry read, right? Like oh, they yeah. brought John, Be- I would bet money. They brought John Bell in and they read together and they got two words in and they were like, so yeah, your part is yours. It's like when they brought John Hammond to read for Don Draper and they were like, this guy who does little comedy bits, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. And then he opened his mouth and they were like, yep, yeah, yours. <laughs> um, only in this case, it was because of sex size. I actually also with Don Draper also probably sex required sex size. Mm-hmm. Um, but just with, um, America. Uh, yeah, yeah, the advertising industry, Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. It's because John Hamm made sex size at Coca-Cola. That's why he got the job. <laughs> that's can that's canon. Um, so that is basically what sets us off on our second storyline. Mm-hmm. We've got Claire and Jamie joining the army with a little scene we'll be talking about. And then we've got Ian hiking through the woods, ending up in a buddy comedy. He didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. 
But let's finish off with Claire and Jamie. Because really, whatever Fort Ticonderoga, we're getting there. I can't mm-hmm. wait to talk about that set. But that's not why we're here. Why are we here, folks? Oh, because we want to talk about uh, Mark Lewis Jones. Welcome to Mark Lewis Jones cast. Yeah. We should start one. <laughs> I'm Mark. I'm Lewis. And I'm Jones. <laughs> uh, great job. <laughs> Amelia had to point at us so we yes, knew when it was our turn. Yes, she conducted that flawlessly. <laughs> um... Uh, guys he's so good he's so good and he's, he's so great good. with katrina like mm-hmm. they're great together we have been saying for many 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 seasons let outlander be funny um it's probably our fault that claire talked to that coconut for so long in fact <laughs> that was funny it was funny but also sorry yeah <laughs> sorry you had to do that sorry about coco um why couldn't they name coco the coconut like paul <laughs> It's a little on the nose, no? Yeah. Um, so Claire's just walking around buying symbols, mm-hmm. one assumes. Do you have any raises? Do you have any scalpels? Do you have any... Pen- Ether. <laughs> Penicillin. Mm-hmm. Do you have any bread that's already moldy? Yeah. Um, when she bumps into someone, literally bumps into someone. Classic meat cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Tom Christie. It's Tom Christie. And then magic happens. And we thought he was dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. And still very, very, very much in love with Claire because he thought she was dead. And now this is like, to him, a miracle. It is so good. Mm-hmm. He just goes for it. And it's not... He's not like sticking his tongue in her mouth. No. Mm. It's almost like a like worshipful... Yes. Like... Thank God. It's romantic, but also worshipful, and that's why I'm going to let it slide. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not sexy. No. 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 It's, thank- it's like thanking. He's not kissing her for his pleasure. He's mm-hmm. also not kissing her for her pleasure, really. It's just... A reaction. Yeah, it's like seven Mississippis of, mm-hmm. yes. holy shit, mm-hmm. let me figure this out with my mouth. And <laughs> of all of the wonderful things Katrina Balf has done in this show, and she has given some truly great performances, and I'm not going to say that this is better than faith mm-hmm. but guys the look on her face so good wait because she's shocked to see tom christie when they bump into each other but post kiss she just it looks like her brain just went <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny it is funny it's so funny Ah, oh, Amelia wanted to watch this episode with us live specifically so that she could watch us watch that kiss yes <laughs> uh and amanda but Jules, someone's mm-hmm. za, 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 um, got a screenshot of, of that moment, and Julie and I are rapt and shocked, and Amelia is looking directly at both of us with both of her hands in the air, like <laughs> touchdown. Pose. Yeah. <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> um, don't cry for me, Argentina. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it is. It was great... worth it. It was worth it. It was, so, it was shocking, but worth it. So, this is the reason Amelia has joined us. So, Amelia, yes. please share your thoughts before yes. you have to bounce. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So, like, Right. The kiss happened. They're reeling. They're trying to figure out what's going on. You should be dead. You should be dead. Is it true that your house burned down? Yes. And your husband's alive? <laughs> and Claire says, Ass nails. Yes. And you can, again, the interiority of our favorite actor of all time. You watch him struggle, be like, be happy, be happy, be happy. And then he gives away a little bit with a small glance down over his right shoulder of like, Damn it. Yeah. And then looks right back at her and goes, good. Or like, I'm glad or something like, yeah. yes, good, good, Jamie lives. Good, good. That's good. that nice. That and nice outcome. Is, and it is good, but also, damn it. Come on. Yeah. 
And so he asks where they're staying, like what's going on. So they go back to the Red Falcon, have a couple of flagons. I hope, I hope there's something, at least some some strong ale. I mean, yeah. they in both those, need some in strong the, in those flagons. Yeah. Um, if I ran uh, into someone I thought was dead and who I thought had died for me, dude, dude, I, it's on me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> truly, truly. Yeah. I mean, Claire. I hope she went to the to Red Falcon. She walked up to the bar and she was like, two of the strongest of whatever you've got," and just went plunk. And there's a gold musket ball just sitting <laughs> on the, sitting on the bar. And the bartender's like, <laughs> bites it, bites it. Gotta bite it. Okay, bring out the good stuff. <laughs> and they and they wheel out some creme de menthe yes. and just like <laughs> pour a couple of tots. Pour, yeah. And then they have a chat. And they have a chat. I mean, there's just, like, every line. Like, it's such a rich text. <laughs> Our best friend, Mark, Marky, Marquay, you nailed it. You yeah. nailed it. Not a, not a single stinker to be had. Or, like, as I like to call it, uh, based on White Christmas, a Vermont volleyball. Whenever something is, like, deeply overwritten, it's a Vermont volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the thing that, Bill, that Bing Crosby says in White Christmas, and it's the most obnoxious thing I've ever heard. Um, okay. It's like, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't even write down the entire scene, although I watched it, I think, like, four times, because it's just so fucking good. It's very good. Um, God, that guy has a face. Yeah, he just really knows his instrument. Yeah, and, and like, the, the smallest eye crinkle, and, like, his, his eyes are brimming with tears, and then yes. at a certain point, one of them falls, and Claire asks him, well, did you come back, why didn't you come back to the ridge? Like, so, oh, we found out that the reason that he lived was because the, uh, the the ship captain was like, whoa, 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 you're literate, and your handwriting's pretty good, come on over, be my secretary. Mm-hmm. And then when the secretary he was expecting came, they were like, ah, whatever, Tom Christie, just go, go live your life. Off. I've surrendered you to the government, but there is isn't one really? so, so just do your thing yeah. see ya, <laughs> see ya. Thanks, thanks for all the pretty handwriting mm-hmm. so the reason he didn't come back to the ridge he says um i inquired and heard my son had left never to return and that's when claire's like Boop. yeah that's <laughs> claire's time to look down that's presbyterian for dead yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um and then we find and then what do we learn what do we learn what what has tom been doing in the media lately tell us he, 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 he filed an obituary. Yeah. When he heard about the fire, because he assumed they died. He didn't want it to go unremarked upon, yeah. so he filed an obituary, oh. thus causing Brianna to travel in time, mm-hmm. and eventually giving Roger a crisis of faith. That doesn't make any sense, but they had to do it because they got him through the scarring of his throat way too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't, something like, I couldn't fathom the idea of... The two of you like perishing from the earth without there being any like mark. Any mark. And yeah. then, oh, okay, let's see if I can say this without like actually bursting into tears. <sighs> I had to do it because I could not lay flowers on your grave. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's delivered so beautifully. It's, it's really, and he's got this air of like grateful resignation. Uh-huh. Like there's a line, the very end of the scene, he says something like, um, uh, you brought me something and something, and and with your death, peace. Mm-hmm. And now like you're my salvation. Like yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that you're, as long as you live, I will have no peace. And then he stands up and says, "Not that I regret it." And it's that's the energy. Like God damn it, I'm gonna have to walk around knowing this woman is alive, and I cannot 
have her that's in, that sounds gross but like i don't I mean it in the her. i don't mean it in the stick it to her sense yeah. i mean he wants to he wants to love claire the way that jamie loves claire and um the episode does a great job of outlining claire keeps saying he thinks he's in love with me and jamie says he thinks he knows you and that's all true right like he does not know her it, there's just not an intimate relationship but it is an important relationship and they do have a connection he has romanticized that connection in a way that she has not yeah so it's idealized love it's not based in reality the way that long-term love is it's mm-hmm. not what claire and jamie have but that doesn't mean that it is not valuable. So somehow he is selling the idea that he is so glad that she is still alive, even though it's just going to ruin his life. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it's hard sell, but he does it. It's the way that teenagers love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you are almost enjoying the heartbreak yeah. Yeah. because you know that, like, you know that Brian McAllister is walking this earth or whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it's so. He does. He, he's just so good at threading that needle between those two things. Yes, like razor's edge. Yeah, and like I guess there could, with any other actor, there actually could have been a Vermont volleyball in this scene. Now yes. that I think about it, here's how good our boy is at his job, and mm-hmm. here's how good this scene really is. Because before he gets into the big like, yeah, I love you, and it's ruining my life. Bye. I've loved two women. <sighs> One was a witch and a hooer, <laughs> and people said that you were a witch, and like that's. I, we've heard him say that before. It doesn't get any less heinous when he does say it, mm-hmm. but like he's so matter of fact about it, and it's almost like she, the, his ex-wife, whatever, is a footnote, but not in a malicious way. Like he called her a hooer, and it wasn't malicious. So it was really just ramping up to this big deck. Like that could have been a weird off-ramp into mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this could have been a cute thing, but Tom Christie sucks. Tom Christie, I mean, kind of does suck, but like that's that wasn't the point. Right. It could have become the point. Yeah. That's how good this scene was. Well, this is cinema. <laughs> because as we kept saying throughout the episode, the patriarchy harms us all. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And it should be noted that, at least according to Tom Christie, his wife A didn't love him. B was a witch. And, um, or at least wanted to be a witch and of the Gala's Duncan variety where it's right. like, I'm going to make shit that's going to fuck your life up. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that because of Rachel and her little charm and then also poisoning, them. Yes. <laughs> poisoning them, um, oh, not that. Rachel, you know what I mean? Um, uh, not Rachel. I've got Rachel on the brain because I can't wait to talk <laughs> about Rachel. Me too. Me too. Um, <laughs> but she also, according to Tom Christie killed his brother. Yeah. Right. Like had an affair with his brother and then killed his brother and then was put to death and her fucking shitty sister made her children watch. So like, uh, this lady was maybe bad news. The patriarchy just makes some of us bad news. Some of us have to become bad news to survive. So it is not, we don't know anything about her, nor do we know her side of the story, but he at least thinks that this is a person who used him and hurt his children and, betrayed his trust and then hurt his brother and then died. Um, and that's rough. But despite that, despite believing in his little terrified Presbyterian heart that she was a witch and that Claire could also be a witch, he doesn't care because he just loves her. Mm -hmm. He loves her. Also, we shouldn't skip this. Claire, because she cannot fucking resist and I told you so. This is so in character. Oh, yes. Tom Christie's like, oh, well, you know, uh, he figured out I could write, so he gave me a gig and kept me from the gallows. Claire's like, 
oh, so I saved your life too, huh? Because you didn't want me to perform surgery on you, and it took like a really long fucking time for me to talk you into it, and finally you were like, fine, oh, okay, do I'll it. do it, but only because your husband out machoed me. So like, yeah, go ahead, fine, ow, 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 ow. But look, I'm real macho. Um, and then he could use his hand again, mm-hmm. and he says to her, um, slightly catty, can't resist it, Barb. He says, we've taken turns saving each other's lives. That's the truth. Because he acknowledges, yes, you did. You saved my life, and then I saved your life. <laughs> and then you saved my life again, just by existing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Katrina is so lovely in that mm-hmm. scene, too, but she is... <sighs> She's flattered. She's freaked out. She is incredulous. Yeah. And also her fresh new knitwear got some new clothes after the fire. Looking sharp. Yeah. She Look, looks like herself now. Yeah, yeah she does. Because we've had, we have a time jump here. Yes. It uh, definitely as we will feels address, like her hair got real her long. Her hair got real long and looks great, by the it way. It looks really good, but that really did get really long really fast. But she no longer looks like she's wearing Lizzie's clothes. No. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no longer something that smacks of thruple about her. <laughs> <laughs> She's a one-woman man. To Tom Christie's great chagrin. One-man yes. woman. Yes, to Tom. Um, it's just a great scene. Yes. I assume that that is actually a wrap on Mark Lewis Jones. Thank you, but sir, for your you. excellent work. Come I- up with some reason for him to show up again, <sighs> I will not complain. No, me neither. Anytime an actor of that caliber, you get to see them in such like a fascinating character. It's just a joy. It's a joy to watch. Yes. He's really, really good at his job. We love you, Mark. Call us. We love you. Truly. Call us. Mm-hmm. We'll pepper you with very flattering questions. Yes. Yeah. And probably, and probably cry. inappropriate ones. And we promise not to ask you any questions about dicks or knives. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then they vamoose off to Fort Ticonderoga. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, oh, no. Oh, the do, it scene, the do it scene. Sure. Mild sexual content. Mild sexual content, but very nice and gentle and cute. It was very hot. It hot. was very cute. Yes. It's cute just, and hot. Yeah, it's old married people that have been married and done it a long time, playing with each other sexually, talking, it's undressing each other. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. I liked it. Yeah, they're teasing each other. They're poking at insecurities that should be insecurities but aren't anymore it's mm-hmm. just been too long like you were jealous of leary and she's like yeah okay i guess i yeah, was jealous of yeah, leary but that's because you accidentally became a bigamist and can you blame me and i mean like also she you know she she tried to kill she me. tried to kill me yeah it was a little reminder <laughs> yeah but you know while he's slowly peeling off a sock mm-hmm. i swear to god that feeling now she's first of all those socks were fire Yes. Those wool socks up over the knee. With the ribbon. The yes. little ribbon. Fire. Cozy with garters. Yeah. <gasps> Come on. Come on. But the feeling of pulling a sock off like that and mm-hmm. has somebody else doing it for you. Yes. Oh my God. Unmatched. I unmatched. love that That's feeling. a good feeling. I love that feeling. Yeah. Very hot. Um, <laughs> but you may ask yourself, how did we get here? It's because Claire came home and told Jamie. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Tom Christie just fucking kissed And the teasing begins with, did you like it? You did like it. No, I didn't. I didn't like it. And then Jamie, again, let Outlander be funny, has this moment of, be touched against your will. I'll have to kill him then. (laughs) (laughs) And Claire's like, oh, ho you. And he's like, yes, yes. Yes. Joking. Definitely joking. Kidding. (laughs) For legal reasons, this is a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Jamie obviously would never. Here's the thing. If anybody can sympathize with doing incredibly stupid shit out of love for Claire Beecham Randall Fraser, 
is it's James Fraser. Yeah. He's familiar. Yeah. He's he's done a lot of stupid shit mm-hmm. because of Claire. Mm-hmm. And for Claire. Mm-hmm. And with Claire. Mm-hmm. And also sometimes against Claire's wishes. But <laughs> yes. mostly. Yeah. But mostly she'll be like, I got myself captured. And then he has to climb a fucking, fucking castle window. Saber, right? Just base rock climb that shit. <laughs> yeah. yep. Like how to get up there. I, I don't uh, know. Take I your hands off my wife. What? He's there. Big note about this scene, which is they're talking about all of the shit they've done to each other in bed, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you stabbed me. She says, no, I didn't. He says, yes, you did with your wee needle. And then with a rattlesnake fang. And they have cute banter about getting syringes and butts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in bed. I wasn't. Very cute. At no point does he say, once upon a time, <laughs> you were riding me like a, what do they call those things that you go to at cowboy bars where you sit on the thing? Mechanical and, bull. Yes. <laughs> you were riding me like a future mechanical bull. <laughs> I dreamt about it. I dreamt it. <laughs> And you grabbed my dark, not my deck, my dark, <laughs> and you held it to my throat while you had an orgasm. That happened. I need you to know that I remember. <laughs> no gaslighting. Um, never, at no point does that come up. No. And no. I don't know why. It's one of the hottest scenes in the history of the show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. Come on. Give us a call back to that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? We also see a turtle in this episode. Is it a, re- is it a turtle soup reference or is it a murder turtle reference? I just, I think it's turtles all the way down. <laughs> Well done, well done, A plus. Or it's sort of like how, you know, an uncomfortable woman makes someone uncomfortable or feels uncomfortable. The turtle is murdered to be made into soup. Yes. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> or murders us. To make know, us into it's soup. uncomfortable, yes. but delicious. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and then we get a great shot of uh, them fucking in the mirror. That's one of my. Yeah, that was pretty that's, hot. That's hot. That was, was hot. a hot. That was the hotness. That was a very hot moment. Um, I'm a little offended that we didn't get a content warning. Come on. Yeah. Come just, on. Just a little something. Like I love seeing the word sexual in the under mm. violence or whatever. Because yes, violence is always there. Um, it's, come on, give us some strong sexual content. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It doesn't need to be naked. Someone on the Cardcast informed us that there are people on the internet who are like, not enough skin. And to which I say, Google pornography. Yeah, go watch some porn. Like, it's truly, if what you want is skin, I am not porn shaming. Go watch porn. Porn can be great. Find some fucking, there is some great feminist porn out there, folks. Go find some feminist porn. I am sure that there is Scottish feminist porn. Oh, go know that there is fucking outlander porn everywhere. But listen, if you loved these books, part of the reason you loved these books is because of your fucking imagination, right? At no point in the Outlander series is there just a pause for a sketch of a completely nude James Fraser, (laughs) right? Like, these are not illustrated novels. These are not illustrated. Use your fucking imagination. And sometimes things are hotter when you have to use your imagination. Yes. They can't show us his penis going into her vagina. This is not Cinemax. <laughs> like, we, we yeah. will never see a dick penetrating a vagina in this show. We will see other things, right? Yeah. But you imagine it. You know it's gonna. You know what's happening. You know what's even happening. though in reality he's wearing a little sock over his wang, and she's got a little like clear underwear, whatever the fuck they're yeah, doing. Yeah, how do they do that? Right, like that's how this shit works. It's not real. So use your fucking imagination. It's cinema, not Cinemax. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very hot. It doesn't matter that. Also, we got side boob. 
Like, yes. we got side boob and actual boob from him. It was nice. It was hot. That, we don't fucking need to see his, you know, little thigh... Devil whatever. horns? Yes. We don't need to see his devil horns. We we have seen them. I've heard them called devil horns and Jesus handles. Which one do you wow. like better? Devil I, horns. I like devil horns better. I always think of them as, like, Grand Canyons. <laughs> Right? They're like crap. They're like the Mariana Trench. Yeah. <laughs> Is. That's how I think of them. All right. So Claire and Jamie Bone, we pull away and then they leave. Then we get some voiceover about how whatever it's marching people yeah, yeah, feel yeah. feelings. And that's more, where we see the dick knife in her. In her and she's carrying her dick knife in her. And, ooh, in her. And uh, every belt. time Jamie sees it, he's like, that's my penis. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're marching and they get to Fort Ticonderoga of Fort Ticonderoga fame. Um, a very significant base um, in the uh, ye old Revolutionary War. Um, the British and then the Americans and then the British. And I tried to brush up my American history while I was on the toilet before we started recording. I could only really skim. Um, uh, however, here's a thing that you need to know. Okay. Um, that fort. I think at this time, but certainly at a prior time, when it was captured, it was captured under the leadership of one Colonel Benedict Arnold and one Colonel or Captain, can't remember, Ethan Allen. Wow. Yeah. So Ethan Allen tore down the fort, made furniture, and then when he ran out of the wood, made pencils. And that's how he got Ticonderoga pencils. Yes, I think so. I think so. Yes. Yes. I think that's historically accurate. Um... (laughs) There's a lot of there's a lot of like catty backstory with that. They mm-hmm. did not get along. They were both trying to take credit for the capture of Fort Ticonderoga and like wrote dueling versions of what happened. And oh no, it got lost in the mail. That kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would not be surprised if we saw either or both of them. Um, I know we're going to see Benedict Arnold. Yes. Well, he's been cast. Whether yeah. we see him here or not, I'm assuming we're going to see him here. But whether we see him here or not remains to be seen. Um, it's. A very important fort. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I read in my quick skim, as we talk about this set briefly, is that it was shaped like a star. And the reason, so you say those like the big Mm -hmm. stone, uh, like pointy outcroppings on the sides. It was like that so that you could get crossfire from every direction. So that no matter where people were approaching from, you could swivel your cannon and get them from every possible Mm -hmm. direction. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is cool. That is cool. Um, also, eventually, those cannons will be taken from Fort Ticonderoga to Boston. Hmm. That's the thing I learned. Thanks, Wikipedia. All right. All right. Thank you. Here's the Revolutionary War. We're finally here. Enjoy. Yeah. Quote the Raven. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's our Claire Jamie storyline. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think it's one of my favorite sex scenes in the show. Mm-hmm. For real. I know we don't see... I'm not going to get back on my soapbox, I promise. <laughs> but I know we don't see a lot of skin, but mm-hmm. it's hot. It was hot. And fun. I love playful sex. Yes. Have you seen A History of Violence? No, no. but Neil loves that sex scene. There are there are two very memorable sex scenes. It's a Cronenberg movie. There okay. are two very... It's um, Viggo Mortensen and Maria Bello. Two very significant sex scenes. One is incredibly upsetting. Um, and it's on the stairs and it's that like, we're married, it's bordering on the edge of, is it consensual or is it non-consensual? And they're having an argument and it's like hot, but it's actually not hot. One of, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Upsetting. The other one, she gets out her high school cheerleading uniform and like cheerleads for him in the bedroom. And it is so fun and playful and they're, and, and ridiculous. And it's, I think we do not let set sex be fun and funny enough mm-hmm. in 
cinema. <laughs> that is very true, I think. Mm-hmm. More of that. Because mm-hmm. sex is fun. So mm-hmm. it should be fun. Anyway. Elsewhere. Uh, before Ian, Ian leaves the... Ian just pieces? Yeah. He's off to see oh, the wizard. That's right. But somebody else is also off to see the wizard. Somebody else is in town. So uh, little Willie, Willie won't go to Dismal Town. Yes, he will. Um... William Ransom Henry MacArthur Park is <laughs> um, uh, standing outside a tavern with one of his 127 cousins. Whose name we don't catch. Um, oh. Well, I think uh, I can tell you. It's like Hal or something. No, Hal is his uncle. Oh. Um, Hal is his quote unquote uncle. Uh, Hal is uh, Lord John's brother. Lord John's brother, um, who was sort of responsible for getting Jamie out of the Doom Hut. If you recall, that's all I remember is the song, and that's why Schoolhouse Rock is an enduring force. <laughs> okay, uh, that is Henry Gray, um, played by Harry Jarvis. Okay, um, he's thrown up. He's not. He, he's had hold his liquor apparently, or maybe he's just had a lot. I don't know. Can't tell. Um, he doesn't. As I was watching, yeah. I flashed back to. Uh, a Fourth of July where Julie and I had a lot to drink, but only one of us had actually eaten dinner. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, "You okay there, bud?" And she was like, "I'm fine." Yeah. It was one of those. Oh no. Yeah. She woke it's up happened. with a piece of bread next to her face. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. But it was one of those, right? Like one of them. They've been drinking She's together, setting it up that the redcoats are there drinking a lot. Yes. in this town, they're carousing they wherever yes. the and like mm-hmm. what. William clearly wants to call bumfuck North Carolina. Yeah. He is eager to get, get to to get to his glory, to mm-hmm. get to whatever his incredible posting is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's like, hey, buddy, you okay? And instead of giving him water, he gives him a flask. But first, he's like, you got to wipe your mouth. You got some puke on your mouth. And he pulls down the Declaration of the, Independence. The fucking Declaration of Independence. Nailed to the nearest post. Oh. How many of those soldiers do you think used it as um, toilet paper? All of them. All of them. All yeah. of them. Well, hopefully not that one, because that person then has got puke on their bottom wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that one was our, That one was pristine. That I one. hope that somewhere in a museum is a copy of the Declaration of Independence, uh, as found in, I don't know, some archaeological dig. <laughs> I guess when I find a bus pill in my pocket, I've got to take it. Well, that is very clearly a love drop. <laughs> That is a 1906 love drama. Yes, this is an aural medium, but Julie really did just I discover did just a pill she in her sweatpants. She reached in her pocket <laughs> and pulled You know what? Actually, where's my bag? Uh, I respect that bus pill. Thank you. That was right. well done. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I wonder, I, I hope that someday someone is like d- sifting through some revolutionary bloody blah <laughs> And it's like, ooh, look, a paper copy of the Declaration of Independence. And then it ends up in a museum, and it's like, mysteriously stained. And we know. <laughs> it's dookie. It's beer vomit. <laughs> no, beer oh, vomit. this guy, right. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so they have a nice chat about all the glory they want, etc. And then they're strolling through wherever bumfuck North Carolina. And they see a real bargain basement, Jack Randall, mm. um, kicking a sex worker out of a whorehouse, a kitty hoose. A kitty hoose. Um, and uh, then he lights her on fire. Uh, um, just as a whole crowd cheers on. And they have like, I don't know what the term is, but there's like a shared terminology for lighting a d- person with a disease on fire. It's like some sort of ship metaphor. Yeah, I so, don't. So like as soon as he kicks her into He's like. He's saying that she has the pox. She's saying she does not. Doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Don't burn somebody alive. Don't, yeah. 
It's my really my one complaint about this episode. Yeah, the, not necessary. I don't I don't mind so much that it happened because visually pe- stunning. People are cruel. Mm-hmm. And that was <sighs> you get enough dudes in one place and incredibly violent things are going mm-hmm. to happen. Um, what I mind is that she, she didn't have to fucking die. Mm-hmm. Like they could have d- done it without giving her like a <gasps> death rattle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and William is like, I've got to do something. And his cousin is like, no, you don't. And then he's just like one Mississippi two Mississippi. And he waits, waits a little bit too long. He waits too yeah. long to take action. And then he tries to save her, but oops, too late. And she dies. Um, and then he is very mad about it, and his cousin pulls him away. And that is how William became a spy. Yeah. <laughs> what? I know. It doesn't make no what sense. About that st- what about that action makes that guy think, you know what would be good? Being a covert up. This like, dude. He And I believe he left his coat, like his, that, that particular... Red coat. Red coat. On this woman's body, are there no identifying features? Does he not have... Did his mom not sharpie his name in the back? <laughs> like... I don't think all red coats are anonymous like mm-hmm. that. But then they had to flee. You know what? You left a lot of identifying information at a crime scene. You know what you should do? Spy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, so some guy is like, hey, how about you be a spy? And he's like, ah, no thanks. Some letters. I'd rather have some glory. And he's like, yep, sorry. Well, honestly, like father, like son. He's like, oh, that's nice that that's what you want. Here's your fucking job. Yeah, do it. Gives him some letters to... Um, uh, let's see. Um, Tom, Dick, and Harry. William Wordsworth, <laughs> um, Michelle Pfeiffer, and President Lyndon B. Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. it's like, dude, those names won't be written down. Memorize them. And he's immediately like, okay, uh, Walt Whitman, um, President Gerald Ford, and Kim Basinger. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he tells him to, no joke, make his way through the dismal, dismal swamp. swamp. Which apparently what? folks on the Slack have christened, christened hashtag the Diz. <laughs> the Diz. <laughs> Taking a trip to the Diz. We gotta go. We gotta cut through the Diz. Um, and really, William is like, but I want to wear my uniform. He's like, nope, covert ops. So he's supposed to go through the old swamp, deliver these letters, de sooner, de better. <laughs> And then uh, head on off to New York and meet up with this guy somewhere. Mm-hmm. And head to Fort Ticonderoga. Isn't I think that so. part of it? Or yeah, because so, we're we're getting fa- we're getting the faded meeting, right? Nah. The father and son will be in the same place. Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess so. And he grabs his horse, who's named Jupiter. Jupiter. Jupiter! Um, and is riding through the swamp when. One of the many snakes Damn, so that many has snakes. a vendetta against Fraser's shh, uh, is like, and Jupiter's like, no, no and knocks William off his back. And William goes full fucking princess bride. Boom, doom, dot, all the way down. All the way and down. lands in a weirdly placed thicket of pointy sticks. <laughs> Why are they pointy? Well, we see one point he's... I think maybe it snapped in half. Mm-hmm. And, but anyway, he got a whole branch through the arm. And because he does not regularly spell t- spend time with Claire, he's like, I guess I better take this out. Yoink. And he just yoinks it right out. And uh, and then it's like, mm, that's fine. I'm fine. Jupiter. <laughs> Jupiter. And then starts walking through the swamp. He does have a moment in that... In that montage of him walking through the swamp, where he's like, God 
goddamn swamp. And I was like, you know what? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Respect. I agree. Um, we see a gator. <laughs> yeah, we do. Or we, was it? And I think this is where we see the turtle too, right? Uh, I think the, the turtle's turtle at the, the Quaker's hunters. house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's at the hunters. Um, it's the sex turtle. Maybe. As opposed to the murder turtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a little death. um so he's not doing good he's got some swamp trubs not great bob he uh, leans down in the river and is like gotta wash my face and he washes his face and he's like i think i'll just sit here i'm fine and then all of a sudden we hear a stick crack and he's like is that archbug um (laughs) no it's not archbug it's ian Mm -hmm. and rollo and rollo and rollo in the mix this meeting is happens from um William's perspective. So the way that the books work, I think we've been over this before, but the way that the books work is we get chapters when they're, when it's Claire's perspective, it's first person. Mm -hmm. And then the number, this also happens in the game of Thrones books. Um, the number of point of view characters increases as we go throughout the series, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's a Jamie chapter from time to time. Brie gets chapters. Roger gets chapters. Ian gets chapters. Um, Avi, uh, and then eventually uh, a character we'll meet in this episode will also get chapters and William gets chapters mm-hmm. and Lord John gets chapters. I think. Yes. Lord mm-hmm. John gets chapters. Oh yeah, obviously. And is it, um, so it's their point of view, but it's omniscient. It's not in the first person. Yes. First person is Correct. only for Claire. It's, okay. um, That's yeah, cool. we understand their interiority, but it's mm-hmm. not first person narration. Mm-hmm. It's just, Claire is the only one who narrates. That's really fun. Um, cool. It is cool. It's like a, it's a, it's a cool construction. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's great to see these characters from other characters, especially the characters we know very well. Like one of the things I love about reading these books is when you are reading, say a Jamie section and there's an interaction with Claire, you can understand what Claire is experiencing, even if Jamie doesn't, because you know the characters so well. And that happens often. Mm -hmm. Um, like here, William doesn't know who Ian is, but we know who Ian is before he even fucking says his name. Like we are aware of what Ian is experiencing and all of these like weird pauses and sort of tense moments. And William doesn't understand why he's helping him. He doesn't understand like this, that, like why there's tension, why there's this, but we understand all of it because we know the backstory and because we understand Ian's behavior. And we understand that Ian knows who he is. Yes. Yeah. It's great. It's really a cool reading experience. Mm -hmm. This whole section, the, um, weird, we, the weird, we and William road trip. We, we and William road trip. Exactly. <laughs> is um, really great. Uh, and that's a huge part of why. So he's like, all right, listen, this is going to hurt. We're going to, we're going to take out this wood with a big old knife. Um, and they have a conversation about death songs, at which point he just starts yelling his 19 names to the world. And like, he goes, terrible death song. But there's a lovely callback to when they had their little not father, not son camping trip mm-hmm. where he says his name is William James mm-hmm. because he wanted a. he told him his name was like, he wanted to be baptized. And so he baptizes him, so it's his little secret name. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's very cool. Um, it's, a, it's a lovely little moment that he remembers James Fraser, the groom, in this like very affectionate, important way. Mm-hmm. Um, guess what? It's more important. Gee, I wonder if that'll be significant <laughs> later. Um, and it's a great scene. And you know what? Um, so this episode is really the first time that we've gotten to spend any extended period of time with William, which means we're, it's our first real sense of how uh, Charles Vandervart, who That's plays right, William, Vandervart. is Vandervart is going to do. Um, 
And I think he's great. Yeah, he did great. He did very well in this episode. They're great together. Um, John, I mean, breaking news, John Bell is good at his job. Yeah. Um, huh? <laughs> but he does really well communicating exactly that sense that I was telling you about where there's this tension that obviously one of them understands and the other one doesn't. Um, and it's like weirdly affectionate, but also like, like it's almost a like Ian's getting a little, yeah, little jabs. Mm-hmm. Um it's very cool. It's a little brotherly. brotherly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, but only one of them knows that that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's a cool scene. That's great. Um, but Ian's like, you're not going to die. Come on. <laughs> uh, oh, God, you're maybe going to die. Um, and I'm like, and his song is over now. Just his name. That's it. My name is 18 names long. And, and then, then what it, was Ian's? How long was Ian's? Ian's would be like two weeks long. <laughs> Ian's <laughs> would be really long. Because yeah. he's singing all the people he killed. Uh-huh. And then Jamie's would be like, you know. A Viking song cycle. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's definitely it's the ring cycle. It's the, yeah. just what I was gonna say. It'd have to be full Wagner. Yeah. Kill the wabbit. Kill the wabbit. Forging that knife for Claire. It's all in there. It's there. Ding it's dong. in there. <laughs> that is my impression of the ring cycle. Thank you. It's good. That's it's good. Me. You know what? It's Thank really you. good. You know what? That would be good on melodica. Please <laughs> stop threatening our audience. We've already <laughs> we've, we've, we've pretended really we've portended so many horrors <laughs> already. Um, so we get some very good pioneer Barbie medical moments. It's disgusting that Julie was not into. Okay, sorry. I have had too much to drink this weekend. It is summertime in Chicago, and I am my dance card is full, and I am all over this town. <laughs> And this morning I woke up and I was like, you know what? I want something really bad for me for breakfast. I'm just going to make this incredible French toast, which was very good, everyone. It looked great, guys, and smelled great. Mm -hmm. But then I'm sitting here and I'm just watching a knife dig into an enormous hole in someone's arm. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. Maybe this will be it. Maybe maybe they'll just do it this one time. Okay. No. This wasn't the worst. This no, was the, not the no, worst. No. The no. worst is yet, yet to come. Yet to come. And she won't it be fun. Oh, God. But I immediately, I was like, oh, great. We're going to have to do it. I'm going to see it again. So it's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut ahead in time. And, uh, and Ian is just walking his horse through the forest. Well, actually, that's a nice throwback because we also see there. Remember when Jamie falls off his horse? I think that might be in the pilot or if not, it's episode two where he is really wounded. And Claire's like, you have to stop. You don't understand. I'm a nurse. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I'll be the best doctor in the entire world. world. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it was a nice throwback to that because William is going to fall off that horse. Mm -hmm. He is not doing well. He is. He is looking like he's the Diz. Yeah. And they walk up to this house where Ian has heard through the swamp vine that that a doctor lives there. So they mosey on up and a very nice looking young man. This is Denzel Hunter, played by Joey Phillips, is doing something on the porch. And he's like, you doctor, this man needs help immediately. And they get him in. They put him on the table. It's Dennis Hunter and his sister, Rachel. Uh, they put him on the table. They take one look at his arm and they're like, get the saw. Off. <laughs> Somebody grab the saw. 
And William is like, no, I'd rather die. And Ian is thinking, yeah, okay, yeah, you really are your father's son. Holy shit. Um, and they're getting ready to cut his arm off. And Ian is like, listen, would you rather be dead? You have to get your song. Listen, my song is so long. Your song is really short. You need at least another ver- You need to at least hit American Pie territory before you die. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to reach Paradise by the Dashboard Light or anything. But, like, but come on. You more. need to make it worth the quarter we're putting in the jukebox. Right yeah, now, yeah. it would not be worth the quarter. No, Come on, get no. it together. Um, <laughs> and it still doesn't quite talk him into it. So then Rachel gets involved. Amelia, did you have thoughts about Rachel's speech that you wanted to share? Oh, I mean, just the way that she talks in general. Okay. So let's talk, let's talk through the this okay. procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, so she the, basically, like, uncomfortable woman's him. Mm-hmm. into being like okay you're right you know what i guess i would rather live fine take off my arm i'm gonna be so miserable jesus christ they're about to saw my arm off but fine okay fine and ian gives him a rosary mm-hmm. he's like okay good and and denny puts the saw to his grotesque wound oh, it's it's, sw- so it's good makeup wound. it's swollen and you can just like smell it can't you uh, smell it no. oh god sorry bro he puts <laughs> he puts the saw to his arm and boop. <laughs> uh, 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 see, you're gonna get her this time. It was so gross. Puss ball. Ooh. <laughs> like, did they invite Doctor Pimple Popper uh, to uh, do the makeup yes. on this episode? Like, ooh. it was. Ooh. It is oh, disgusting. Will. I can't believe I never got that un- name out without puking. I will uh, never understand people who. No, 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 me neither. If, if you are one such person, I hope you're very happy. Please, Please never speak to us. I don't we don't want to meet you. I do we don't want to know somebody. You. I do know somebody. It is a friend of all of ours. No. But I'm not going to out that person. Fine. Docs later. I will later. Uh, but every time, I'm just like, how do you get any entertainment from that? Oh, it's so... Oh, see, now I'm... Yeah, now see? it's got me. Yeah. It's very good makeup. It is great makeup and because it's, it's so effective. And Denny is like... Oh God, that's great. That rules. And Ian's like, that's good. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's great. It means all of the bile concentrated in one little bubble. So we're going to be able to save his arm. This is good. And they're like, William, did you know this is good? He is fully unconscious. Yes, he just knocked right out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which is for, for the best. Yes, that's is. for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so we jump ahead. He's in the process of healing. Ian is in the process of peacing out but first he gets to he's see on this porch the hotness and rachel hunter is like do you want some tea and he somehow for says some no. reason says no even rollo is like get it together it is just the two of them talking but it is really hot it is very very hot amelia oh, the steam the steam <laughs> Um, I would like to invite any linguists listening to write in. This is a real thing that I want to know. Because I think that, especially we get this more when, uh, later when Rachel is giving William a shave. Surprise, he lives. Um, her, like, right, so they're Quakers, so I get that they would have, like, different speech patterns than other people. That is fine. I get that. To me, the, the use of, like, you're the, you're thy, you're thou are not what I'm used to hearing in other media set in the the times, mm-hmm. as it were. And so my theory right now is either I have consumed media that just has been so wrong across the board that Outlander got it right and I'm a simpleton, which I accept. <laughs> but I also have a my pet theory that I thought of while we were watching today 
What if we are actually like in one of those moments where language is shifting and like acceptable usage is shifting because mm. we have all of these new people mixing for wartime? So, right. Okay. So here's what I'm talking about. Like, V was, was at his bedside all night. Wouldn't my mind would go, well, you know, thou were at his bedside because you were mm-hmm. thou. Um, but then she, later she says he wanted to return this to you. So she's already code switching between our, our pronouns or whatever. Um, thee is most generous. Why not thou art most generous? But then there are things that make sense to me. Like it fits thy character. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. I've heard that yes. before. And also another one that I get is, um, I think thee will understand. I could see that one. And also I thank thee also makes sense, but there were just some weird insertions of like a thee where I was expecting a thou, thou. or a, a thy, or actually maybe I would have wanted a thee. And I just, I want to know what's going on. I need to see more scenes with her. I need to know. I need to know. Linguists. That's podlandercast <laughs> at gmail.com. That's at podlandercast on Instagram. Get in those DMs. I need to know. It's going to drive me nuts. I have to know. Truly. Uh, if you have any knowledge about Quakers, <laughs> yeah. Quaker language, yeah. or these and those. History and those. of Quaker language and when it shifted. That yes. is a really interesting point, though, with all the new, quote unquote, new people right. in this area like getting together and maybe it's changing also it shows that maybe rachel is a little bit more um well she's pissed because the quakers are mad at her brother so it kind of feels a little bit like she wants to she sees other worlds or she 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 does she does she remain a quaker the whole time do they stay quakers yeah um i yes okay um rachel one of her defining characteristics i would say is um her faith and what it means um which is not social it's social in that it's like as she says here it's like being if you were booted out of your family Mm -hmm. um but she like her brother believes that following your conscience and how and as dictated by your own beliefs is more important than bending to the will of what other people think it should be, Mm -hmm. right? Like they believe that freedom is a divine right and thus are want to not fight. He's not fighting. He wants to be a battlefield surgeon. This is why they get kicked out of the meeting. That is not only in keeping with their faith, it's what their faith demands of them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the rest don't think that, but they don't back down because they have the, courage of their convictions as one might say um and that's true of both of them uh but rachel in particular is an incredibly honest person okay who is willing to buck convention not because of bucking not because she's feisty okay she is feisty but it's not because she's feisty as it might be with like a brianna or a claire they, I mean, they also have convictions, but you know what I mean? Like yes. it's not, she's sassy. Yeah. It's that everything she does is motivated by what she believes to be true and necessary and good. Mm-hmm. And, um, that will be hugely important. It also makes her an incredibly entertaining character. Um, because she's just, she does not get, she knows what she believes to be right. She is willing to listen. She is willing to be persuaded if she is persuaded naturally. And th- there's, um, 
there are some great scenes that are influenced by what Quaker meetings are. And I don't know very much about the Quakers. Most of my knowledge about the Quakers comes from these Fleabag. books. Oh. Uh, from Fleabag <laughs> and from these books. And, um, and Diana Gabaldon is also not a Quaker. So like major caveats all mm-hmm. around. But um, there are some great scenes that are that stem from the spirit of what those meetings are supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and the, that's always led by her. And she often prompts people around her to be more honest cool. and more truthful and more forthright. She's a very forthright person um, who's incredibly fucking hot. Dude, oh my God. she is smoking. So, like, and it's all subtle. It's all like... This is a perfect segue. So there's a movie uh, called HUD, H-U-D. And it's a young Paul Newman. We all know he's hot. He has the hotness. Yes, he is is the hotness. He plays a uh, kind of unlikable man. Like, he's just kind of a dick. But he lives on this ranch uh, that his dad, his father owns. And there's men everywhere. There's only one woman on this ranch. And it's played, uh, I can't remember the character's name, played by Patricia Neal. And she is kind of like the cook slash housekeeper, but... She doesn't really give off that vibe. She's always barefoot. And there is something about her that is very like this. Like she just has this magnetism and she knows it, but she doesn't use, she doesn't like force it. She just has this sex magnet. And Paul Newman, who is a sex magnet himself, his character is always trying to get with her. He's always like teasing her and there's all these teasing scenes and she's always just like, and it's so hot that like, so when this woman, what's the ac- actress's name that plays, um, uh, Rachel? Izzy Michael Small. Girl, you gave me Patricia Neal vibes and that is a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. God, I wish I remembered that character's name. Cause that scene, when Neil and I watched the movie HUD and we watched that scene, we were both like, oh my God, <laughs> my basement. <laughs> Woo. Here, hold on. But that movie is, I, I don't know if I recommend the movie as a whole. It's kind of depressing and sad. Mm-hmm. But uh, And she it is, won three Oscars. Yeah, she's very, very good in it. Alma Brown. Thank you, Alma. That's right. Um, you know, what's occurring to me now is that Rachel, at least as so far depicted by Izzy Michael Hunter and Malva as depicted by Jessica Reynolds, um, are sort of like two sides of the same coin where they have this forthrightness and this like undeniably sexual energy but one of them it's all based in in honesty and truth and um i don't know and connection Mm -hmm. and the other one it's laced through with deception and concealment Mm -hmm. and fear and anger yeah um and it's so, and they look a little bit alike. Yes. And it's so interesting to me that we can get that vibe from this actress so quickly in a way that's making me think of this other great actor. That I'm sure this was not intentional, but mm. although casting wise, maybe it was. I don't know. It's they both look a little bit like Jenny too. They do. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's um. It's cool. It's mm-hmm. a great little performance. She her three scenes basically that she gets are all dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is incredibly hot that yeah. scene they talk about jack shit like i want him to keep the rosary give him this money for a horse i gotta go this is my dog you sure you don't want some tea blah blah blah, blah, blah. they could be talking about anything doesn't matter the whole time it's like sex starts fuck boom, just boom, fuck boom, fuck boom, fuck boom, fuck boom. do it do it but yeah do it. 
Ian is incredibly hot in this scene too. And it's like they're both hot and then together they're hotter. Yeah. I don't know. It's really good. Honestly, the most chemistry of any pairing we have seen since early days, Claire and Jamie. Yeah. Right. Like, and which uh, apologies to Marceline Fergus. Um, this is hotter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's hot. It's yeah. really hot. They have great chemistry. It's hard to do a meet cute in a way where you're like, that tracks. And then she <laughs> has the temerity, the gall, the absolute nerve to repeat it with Willie in a way that is also extra hot. And I'm like, damn. But different. Some, but different. different. But share some. Like, <laughs> you're so hot. Why are you so hot? So hot. Well, she is shaving him, which yeah. is like a oh, classic a, yeah. hot trope. And he's hot. And his arm is like, back to normal so that's good so that means he's been there for a while right because mm-hmm. the the wound is healed into a star shape which looks like fort ticonderoga oh, i just put that together i just put that together in my own brain grapes that's good anyway uh yeah he has got the big like emoji hard eyes mm-hmm. he is like hey hey baby you're you shave me yes. <laughs> like his, his arms work why didn't he shave himself because hotness she's there will you please shave my face i'm tired of this red beard i've got it's like all right not as hot as ian with her but close yeah it's not it's it's more Mm one-sided you can understand why he thinks she's so hot and it's not like she's giving him nothing Mm -mm. like she can't she can't help it she can't help it the girl girl can't can't help help it (laughs) (laughs) but it's not charged like it was with ian that's it was it was seriously like a, an energy. You can just feel it, and it's yeah. really yeah. nice. To, it's nice to watch. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited that we have finally gotten here. Rachel is such a cool. Ca- they're both great. Both Rachel and Denny are great characters. Um, we didn't get a lot of Denny here. We learned about his yeah, and him, him wanting to be not as on significant the... a character as Rachel is, mm-hmm. but he's a significant character as well. Um, and uh, good things ahead for him to um, learn medicine from the greatest living doctor alive, perhaps. <laughs> that's my guess um but it's it's the the ian rachel story it will not surprise you to know is pretty fucking great yes, yes. good um, good yes. i want all good things for Ian. i've loved him from the very beginning i'm happy since he didn't have a threesome yeah, yeah. but he did get laid yeah and his dad was real mad about it <laughs> but you know what are you gonna do He's a lad. Sex work is work. Yeah. L- let the man get his rocks off. Yeah, come on. At least he's not fucking a bottle with his own balls in it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I don't really know why I'm still going with that. but Because it's an image that is just burned <laughs> into our brains now. <laughs> Can't escape. So that's the kind of the Quaker hut. Mm-hmm. Like Quaker hut. We forgot one thing about Quaker hut. Uh, well, first, everybody should know that Amelia just left. So, bye, Amelia. Hunt, hut, hunt, 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 hunt. hunt. Now, I, was, I was thinking like the hut, the hut, the hut. <laughs> but it's not quite there. Swamp um, hut, diz hut, diz hut. Uh, he hut swamp. He swamp finds hut. out that one of the people that Kim Basinger lives next door <laughs> to the. Quaker Mm -hmm. hut. One of the people whose letters he has. Yeah, when William is making uh, hard eyes at Rachel, he finds out that the letter he was supposed to give to President Gerald Ford. (laughs) He can deliver it right now. He's he's right nearby, and he's not a redcoat. Hmm. Hmm. 
So what does that mean? Does it mean he's a spy in disguise? Does it mean mm-hmm. the other guy's a spy and he's sending a letter to somebody who is a re- like which, also a spy? Mm, what is it? Who? What, mm, mm, mm. But Willie tells her that he is there hunting. He's hunting. No, he's spying. And she says hunting without weapons because she's a sharp fucking tech. Yeah. He's like, my horse ran my away. Horse I fucking ra- told you. My, my horse ran away. <laughs> I told you. There was there was a snake. Back off, bro. Like, <laughs> the snake had it out for me personally. It was really weird. It was really weird. It like looked at me and I, I felt recognition. I and he said, that's for my cousin Bruce. And then slithered away. <laughs> it it was so weird. I love that shot of the snake just going, my job here is done. <laughs> totally. It's like, and Eat you rocks. and the horse you came in on. <laughs> Right. Okay. So we find out that he's something about Fort Ticonderoga, right? The, yeah, the, the, like, the neighbor. Okay, I'm get, my path also takes me north. Do you mind if I ride with you? Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. 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 She's like, sure. Yeah. He's come like, on. All right. Um, I got to deliver the letter. The sooner the better. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of that book? It's a Beverly Cleary book. It's the little boy that wrote letters to his favorite author. Oh, dear Mr. Henshaw? Yeah, something like Is that. Is that it? Because I that, read the fuck out of that book. I love that book. And that delivered the letter, the sooner the better, the, ma- the later the letter, the matter I get her is in there. And when you said it, I was like, oh my God. It is Dear Mr. Henshaw. Woo-woo. Fucking nailed it. That book is so good. Newberry Award winning novel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's, Deuce that's is the Quaker, Quaker hut. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's it's the hotness. Thank you. But it's time to leave the dismal swamp. Because now we got to go to a glow up. The R-U-S's? I don't believe they exist. I fucking love that movie, Julie. <laughs> too. Princess Bride is a perfect movie. Okay. Um, speaking of the Princess Bride, we jump ahead to 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, I laughed so hard when there's a shot of Lally Brock and what comes up on screen but the word Lally Brock. And we're like, doy. But then they justify it by adding 1980. So we've As had a time a jump. 1980s automobile rolls yeah. up the driveway. Like, well, we didn't need that. We pulls need that. up, and there's Lally Brock. It's being flipped. Flip, the Brock is being flipped. Um, there's a camper van, like a big trailer outside, and we find out that this family of Brianna four. <laughs> and Roger and their two children have been living in that caravan, caravan for too long. Speaking of my thing. Speaking of travel, Grumpy, it's kind of an echo yes it's a little echo of that feeling like Need a little space yeah please get just the fuck out of just my face eat your fucking apple already shut the fuck um, up <laughs> but here's my thing mm-hmm. that looks cabin size to me what are you too good for small enclosed living spaces now <laughs> i mean come on you fucked with your baby like right next door for years yeah come on i think maybe it's because you're in this tiny caravan but you're right next to a castle mm-hmm. that you know you will eventually live in. So yeah. it's just impatience. It, but, you know, flipping a Brock takes time. <laughs> flipping a Brock do take some time. She do take time. And, and money. money. <laughs> yeah, lots and lots um, of money. So Roger comes up. He has been thrifting. He has found, like, a truly sick cast iron kettle. It's mm-hmm. got feet on it. It's got one of those flat lids. That's the real one for a campfire. That's oh, like yeah. a serious yes. shit because it's got the little legs. You put it in the coals and then you put the coals on top because of the flat lid. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's the it's real all, one. That's also a great way to bake mm-hmm. if you're baking a campfire. Anyway, Patty, um, Roger has been thrifting. He's gone to a... What, Julie and I uh, are both... We have both have a fondness for estate sales. And TM Julie Starbird. No, TM Neil Starbird. TM Neil Starbird. Neil Starbird. 
You know, you love him. He, he was on the episode earlier talking about dicks and knives. Uh, he likes to call an estate sale a corpse pile. <laughs> so anytime, like, I buy him a nice tie, like, he was wearing a tie that I got him at a corpse pile last night, and it looked fire. And every time somebody would compliment it, he'd be like, thanks, corpse pile. <laughs> I love an estate sale. Me too. That's uh, They're really great. So does Roger. He, he does. is loving this thrifting life. Oh, their place, la- like, Lallybrock looks sick oh yeah jenny would be proud Mm -hmm. she would maybe have some questions about some of the artwork but i do not he is feathering that nest it and they they stroll in the contractor whose name they never say but who perhaps will be significant later i'm just saying comes out it's like "Mm, can i talk to you guys a minute and roger's like sure when are the bedrooms gonna be done because i I don't know if you saw this but my children are right there devils in there right and then mandy's like i'm well, she says sorry, but everything about her... Sorry! Yeah. Curtains. Right. She's got little suspenders on. It's great. Love her. Mom, Mandy hit me! It's very cute. Sorry. Can I have a basket? Um, <laughs> runs in the family. Um, so they go into the majestic remodel of that gorgeous Lally Rock main room. Um, Dude, that fireplace in the center of the room. Come on. We have seen this set before, but there's something about the emptiness and like the contemporary ladders. Because I think when you look at a set like that, when it's period, or like the big house, right? the old way. You don't think, I could live there, but they're fucking living there. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, imagine you're house hunting and you walk in, you're like, (laughs) I'm in a castle. Oh my God. They're working on Lillybrock. The contractor's like, it's going to be more money. Just like always. He also says, listen, you're doing all this great shit in this kitchen. Are you sure you don't want me to just cover up that weird slash in the wall? And then they cut to the slash in the wall. And it's like, beautiful, beautiful slash. But as you'll, if you recall, that slash was the fucking um, watch. Black watch. Oh, yeah. Not black watch. You know what I mean. The mm-hmm. fucking, it's, um, it was the assault on Lollybrook. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, it stays. That's been there for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel connected to my doll. It's part of the house. It stays. Mm-hmm. What is it? Part of it. Part of it. <laughs> part of it. Um, <laughs> so he's like, okay, well, it's gonna, you know, you need this done and this done and this done and the roof. You Whoever did the roof did a fine job. Okay, and Brianna's but- like, excuse me. That roof has been around since 1789. And it's fucking, I invented batches, bitch. And then I'm, <laughs> and he's like, okay, but here's my new estimate. And they're both uh, like, whoa, flabbergasted. Whoa. <laughs> flabbergasted. We also get a little reminder that nothing comes of. In the, in the previous Leon, there was a reminder that Brie owns a fucking house. A beautiful, majestic, wood-paneled house. Like two blocks from Harvard. That is walking distance from Harvard. Gee, I wonder if she's going to rent it or sell it. I don't remember what actually happens in the books, but like, that come girl. On. Come on, she is sitting on a gold mine. Like, what has been happening to that house since she was in the past? Who lives there? I mean, she didn't know how long she was going to be gone. Right. So, like, is it just sitting there empty? Are there squatters? Does Frank's ghost haunt it? I hope. We can only hope. So I think she's going to end up selling it. But then, of course, Frank is just walking around that house, just carving FR <laughs> into every pillar. FR. <laughs> so uh, it's going to cost more money. They're does he Does he discover the gold before or after the guy tells him? After. After. Right. right. So they're um, dumbfounded. But as Bree points out, we've got toilets. We've got running water. We've got electricity. We've got 
a really fucking cute fridge. I've got you, babe. We can do this. Yeah. So they're they're gonna figure it out somehow. Um, and also, she's job hunting. Yeah. Um, but as she's getting ready to go on this job interview, which Roger clearly thinks she is not going to get, Ugh. he's got he's got feelings about it. Roger with man feelings is my least favorite through yeah, mine. I don't like. We'll get there. I don't like um, it. No. No slight on Richard Rankin. He's doing a good job of portraying what is, to me, a completely unthinkable. Yeah. Just like, shut the fuck up. He at least is like, yeah, 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 I'm wrong. You can see, like, there's something about the way he's playing it where he's like, I don't like that I'm having these thoughts. The patriarchy hurts us all. Yes. Um, so, uh, Bree is getting ready to go on this job interview. She is wearing a turtleneck in what I'm going to call season seven blue. There is season seven blue all over the fucking flipped brock it's in the walls it's on the bookshelves it's on the furniture it's every roger has got a little blue t-shirt under his hot little flannel he's wearing oh amelia wanted me specifically to say they have the scene where roger's sitting behind oh that this is right now so um brianna's getting ready for a job interview she opens the kids excuse me she opens the kids room and promptly steps on a dismembered alarm clock <laughs> um which is a very kid thing like he took it apart to see how it works mm-hmm. shout out to max yeah our um our friend max who is seven seven eight, Wait, like he that. really does like to take things apart he does yeah. and he is very smart um uh she steps on is like what what happened what to my the, alarm clock? who did this and that little motherfucker bless his heart it's like the fairies did it <laughs> and his sister, his sister, I'm going to say this, Mandy is 10 toes down. She never squeals on him. No. She just sits there and stares at her mom like, <laughs> sorry. And Brie pieces out. She's telling Roger and Roger's like, that's weird. Where'd she get, where'd he get that? That's not a thing that we've it, talked about. It, or, that's it's like not traditional Scottish, folklore in Scotland, right? Scotland. Like, I don't understand. That's pretty weird. And then they talk about wanting to, this may be later and I may be conflating the scenes, but it's fine. They talk about not wanting to tell Jem that things like that aren't real because time travel is fucking real. So they want, they don't want him to start thinking that he made it up mm-hmm. or that it's not real. Part that of this, him. that mm-hmm. this thing he can do is part of him, which I think is cool. Like, I think that's a cool approach. Um, and maybe ties into the book that Roger is writing. Mm-hmm. He's trying to write... Um, what I'll go ahead and tell you because it's an episode title. Oh no. Uh, the penultimate episode of this season is called a practical guide for time travelers. So Roger is writing down everything he fucking knows about what they can do in case, presumably in case something happens to them so that Jem and Mandy understand like this is, he's a scholar. Remember this man was at Oxford when we first meet him and there's no fucking record of how any of this works. Remember mm-hmm. the guy being like, tell me how it works. And Claire being like, nobody knows, except I'm going to tell you Let exactly me tell you all works. this detail, right? <laughs> so he's like, at the present, he's writing something about Galis and her grimoire. He and thought like, it was blood sacrifice. She doesn't need no blood sacrifice. She was just crazy. <laughs> so I think it's all part of that, right? Like they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to parent these children who have this fucking supernatural ability in a way that isn't going to get them in trouble. And Brianna says, I mean, he hasn't told anyone about what he can do, right? Like trying to figure out how to balance all of those things um, in raising these kids. Um, who may or may not be psychic, like the granda who has psychic mm-hmm. dreams um, about mechanical balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and there's blue everywhere. Uh, it's cool. It's a cool little scene. Uh, but Brianna's getting ready to go in her job interview. And you can tell that Roger's like, mm. good luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I miss so Sam. boring. Mm. I don't feel good. <laughs> My man feelings. Will you make me some soup? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So off she heads to her job interview, looking sick. Yes. That skirt is dope. The the entire combination is incredible. She looks amazing. She her looks hair good. is great. The wig is excellent. Like they've got a they've got her in a great wig. Mm-hmm. Um, the jewelry is hot. Like it all is really good. She's got her credentials. She's ready to talk to this man about She's getting like, her a job. Don't pay attention to my job gap. I'm still really smart. <laughs> uh, and he says. Family issue. Great. Why don't you go get me some tea? Ugh. And she goes, you can tell she's like, this motherfucker. She gets up. She walks over to like the lunch lady and they speak the universal language of fuck this guy. They look at each other and they're like, motherfucker. This guy. She gets her tea. She brings it back. He starts at, like, tell me about your expedience, whatever. She's like, I was at college. I didn't get my degree because of family issues, but here's what I know. And I have this certification and this certification. He's like, wait, 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 hold on, baby. <laughs> this is i'm just talking to you about a secret i'm do i just realized i'm doing jonah hill in the liza minnelli turns on a lamp yes sketch. you are <laughs> i'm just talking to you gets waiting secretary. i'm just talking to you this is for a secretary and she's like oh okay well that's fine i'm applying for the plant inspector job it's like no that's a man's job baby we don't want to keep those kitty cats waiting and she's like okay uh quote what I'm getting the exact quote. What aspects of plant inspection require a penis? And Sophie Skelton clearly enjoyed the fuck out of that scene. It's always so satisfying when you can tell an actor is like relishing. She she didn't put too much mustard on it. She no. didn't overplay it. No, but you could tell she was like, I got this. Oh, I got this. I'm just gonna stay calm and focused. And every time he lobs some bullshit at me, I'm going to calmly calmly lob it right back in his face yes like if no i'm problem. taking you at your word okay it's a man's job so what part requires a penis and he says something something men blah blah, blah all the the not a good environment she says why do you hire men who assault women who are likely to assault women he's like no no no, it's not what i meant it's a plane it's complicated it's really hard work she's like do your plants regularly fail? Is that, do you build them so, so that? whoever's inspecting it now is yeah. bad mm-hmm. at their job? And then she's like, okay, walking up, there was this wrong and this wrong. And this is probably why this is wrong, but it might be this blah, 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 displaying her expertise. And the guy is just going, <laughs> right. Uh, and she gets the fucking job. Yes. Because Avi, of course she does. She invented it, matches. Yes, she's a genius. She's a fucking genius. And she gets home and she tells Roger and he goes, oh, Congratulations. Um, I was hoping you were going to make me some soup. <laughs> God, he is really the worst in this, though. He it's really so is. frustrating. The thing about it that's a bummer is it's in character, right? Like, Roger is less progressive than Jamie. Yes. Come on. That man is a Highlander. That is the fucking 18th century. What the fuck? You're in 1980, bro. You lived with that man all that time. And you didn't pick anything up? Come on. Get it together. Ugh. Like, it took one episode 
for Claire to be like, don't fucking spank me. I'm not your child. And Jamie was like, got it. <laughs> Noted. Thank you. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it has been, I mean, he still obviously has like caveman instincts, right? Like he wants to, he wants to provide, he wants to do this. And he got really big man feelings about his, he has, he's had in the past really big man feelings about his injuries, about revenge, about um, all of that stuff. There's like a... Um, reluctance to have any sort of impotency even though he has always been able to get it up Mm -hmm. um so it's not like there have been no man feelings he doesn't put that shit on her dude no he doesn't that's what i'm saying and if claire went for something she really wanted he would be like do it you did it get it you're a bad bitch you're a bad bitch you're the best bitch and Harry's like "Mm, Mm. good job i guess and he comes around yes but but it's still begrudging somehow someone in the crowd cast um, well, first of all, Laura Lee and the Crowdcast said, and I'm paraphrasing, Roger needs to earn that beard. Like, <laughs> he doesn't deserve that beard right now. He does not deserve that beard. That is the perfect way to say right? this. Yes, like, he doesn't deserve oh, that. Oh, and this is what Amelia wanted me to say when he's sitting behind his desk. Amelia wanted me to say, dusk, like tusk, for you specifically. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, yeah, he needs to earn that beard. It is in character, but still come annoying. on. He does, he does come around, but it still feels like he has some adjusting to do. And it's, I said earlier that I only had one note with this episode, but that's not true. Because there's the unnecessary burning of the sex worker. And then there's this, where the whole point of his reluctance is, it's not concern for her. Nope. Although there is concern for her, like he is concerned for her. And based on what it shows in the episode for next week, there is reason for her to be concerned. Oh no, workplace discrimination. I'm so shocked. Yeah. (sighs) The patriarchy hurts us all. Um, (laughs) But uh, really it's a way of them getting to, here's my character conflict. I wanted to be a minister, but now I don't because we changed time. I don't believe in God anymore, and I'm depressed. So, like, God had a plan, and now we changed time, so maybe he doesn't have a plan because he doesn't know about the obit placed by Mark Lewis Jones. Mm-hmm. Underrated dramatic treasure. Um, <laughs> so she's like, oh, well, it's okay, let's figure it out. We're going to be fine. Like, I know you want it. And he says, oh, your mom said to take care of you. And your dad said I was the only person he could trust with you. And, and I feel like I'm failing. She's like, I, you, but you found that cast iron thing. Like, you, you're thrifting. You're, yeah. You are putting this house together. are flipping this bra. <laughs> you are okay? part of Come that. Come on, we're raising our children. Get it together. It's 1980. We are in this Sisters together. are doing it for themselves. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Um, and they say, you know, he comes around, but it's, mm, it's just annoying. It's like, how did he live all that time on the Ridge and not change that part of him? How did that part of himself not change? How did he not learn the lesson watching his wife in the 1700s do incredible things on the daily? How did he not just be be like seriously harmed by the way that men view women? Yeah. Like in in a number of ways, I'm not just talking about her sexual assault. Uh, like, the expectation that she was going to have to marry whoever the fuck her aunt said because she was knocked up. Like, all of the all of these pressures put on all of the women that he encountered in this time for mm-hmm. various reasons. And it didn't sink in. And it didn't sink in. Uh, Roger. Come on, Roger. Okay. Get it to the fuck together. Get it together. You, Claire loves you. 
do better. Yeah, do better. Do better. I think he will. I think he will too. I think this is, I think turning point. Roger needs a therapist, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but everybody needs a therapist. Um, and he, Brie is very patient and understanding, but also calls his ass out. Mm -hmm. Like she should. Yeah. So So it's good. The last thing that happens. Oh yeah. She's also, um, Je- Jemmy locks Mandy in the priest hole. And she's which I every called, by the way. Yep. They were like, where's Mandy? And I went, priest hole! Um, we yelled other things, too. We yelled turtle. Turtle, when we saw the turtle. And turtle! And, and Julie, at, when in the um, the William scene, was like, something, something intelligence, and she went, spy! <laughs> it was great. Anyway. Um, she finds her in the priest hole. I fucking love it. Regardless, at one point they're doing householdy things, and Brie is looking in the kitchen next to her fucking sick fridge. That this like yeah, little like wood panel fridge, wood like, panel fridge, but it's obviously gorgeous. metallic because it has straight up '80s magnets on it that all it's of so you of cute. a certain age had when you were a kid. Yeah, little yes, dino magnets. Mm-hmm. It's uh very cute. That kitchen is enviable. That's mm-hmm. it's really rad. Um, and she notices that all the biscuits and crisps are gone. Someone wanted a biscuit. What I want to know is why does she not immediately suspect her husband? Yes. Who has a known, documented predilection for baskets. He's a cookie monster. (laughs) But she doesn't. She thinks, my children are at it again. Which, fair. I mean, they are rambunctious. She goes in and she says, Jem, tell me where the fucking cookies and and crisps, crisps, Mm -hmm. where are my Pringles? And he says... I gave them to, I may be paraphr- I'm paraphrasing, I gave them to the Nuklavi. So, for those unfamiliar, um, non-book readers, let me tell you about the Nuklavi. I have to go go back from Dear Mr. Henshaw in, in the Google. Okay. Nuklavi. The Nuklavi is a horse-like demon from Orcadian folklore that combines equine and human elements. British folklorist Catherine Briggs, this is Wikipedia, Obvi, Catherine Briggs called it the nastiest of all the demons of Scotland's Northern Isles. The Nuclevy's breath was thought to wilt crops and sicken livestock, and the creature was held responsible for droughts and epidemics on land, despite being predominantly a sea dweller. A graphic depiction of the Nuklavi, as it appears on land, was given by an islander who claimed to have had a confrontation with it, but accounts describing the details of the creature's appearance are inconsistent. In common with many other sea monsters, it is unable to, to it's fictional, it is unable to tolerate fresh water, therefore those pursuing it have only to cross a river or stream to be rid of it. The Nuklavi is kept in confinement during the summer months by the Mither of the Sea, an ancient Orcadian spirit, and the only one able to control it. Uh, and I want to show you some images does it not just look like man horse nuclevy that's creepier than i thought it would be oh it's creepy nuclevy yeah let me see scroll on through mm-hmm. um it's creepy uh oh it looks like it's interesting because it looks just like muscles right no skin yeah that's um, interesting yeah, when look at this when roger it they're creepy when roger is talking to him about it he says did you did your granda tell you about that and he says no so they don't i know um, it's like the fucking bodies exhibit. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's, it's a creepy fucking creature. And he says, it's an ugly And Roger's like, where the fuck did you hear about that? Ooh, look at this graphic. Depi- I love that one. Yeah. Wow. It's, um, yeah, it's something. Google Nuclevy and look in the Google image searches. There's, uh, some very cool shit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's a scary folkloric creature and they don't understand where Jem got this and they don't understand why it is that he's fibbing now and Jem says I'm sorry I lied about the pixies you were right I, I took that radio apart I, I know, know I it. I know I fooled you but I took that I know it's shocking I'm so sorry mother I took that <laughs> clock radio apart Mandy can vouch for me and Mandy silently sorry. staring <laughs> um but I'm telling the truth this time it was the knuckle V and they don't know what to do. And that's when they have the conversation about how to talk to them about magic because magic exists in the world, etc. But it's an ominous little note. Mm-hmm. It's ominous. Why the fuck? Who's the Neclavy? Why do they have biscuits? And why do they need biscuits yeah. and crisps? Very specific. Did they ask for it or did they just say they were hungry? Who mm-hmm. knows? Mm-hmm. Something's afoot in the brock. <laughs> It's got to be a spinoff of Flip My Brock. <laughs> um, Nucklevy Hunters. <laughs> Ghost of the Brock. Um, so that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's episode. more shit. Like, there's all kinds of shit that happens. Um, his The spy advices don't die. Um, there's some stuff about old crones. Um, uh, a lot of information in this episode, actually. Yes, but delivered in a way that didn't feel like uh, that. Amelia during the crowd cast was when they're in the when they're in the woods, and we were joking about the need for penicillin uh, here, having this moldy bread, etc. Amelia said, "Look that moss." <laughs> um, uh, there's, there's the bar. We talked about the bar. Uh, there's all kind of all kinds of shit. Saws, lots of things to banter about. But we've covered the, the, the hits. Plots. We've covered the big things and the dick knife. So now we go to scales. Julie. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the doing it scale, which HUD. I think is interesting this week. HUD. Yeah, I'm going for it. Just because I'm, of that magnetism, her magnetism. I'm going to go with Bull Durham. Ooh. Yes. Very sexy movie. There's a love triangle. Mm-hmm. Different levels of chemistry. Mm-hmm. There's and, the, and I'm set in two different ways. We've got... A Kevin Costner and a Tim Robbins and a Susan Sarandon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, who is she into? It's like different levels of hotness, mm-hmm. blah blah Also, there's the fucking um, garter flips, oh, yeah. right? Oh, my. And that, to me, is the socks being pulled down. Yeah, that's good. Right? That's good. Yeah. Excellent and choice. And it's funny and playful. Yes. yes. Excellent choice. Bill Durham is a hot movie. Mm-hmm. And a good sports movie. People say that Bill Durham is not a legitimate sports movie because it's a rom-com. Those people are wrong. That is a sports movie. Yeah, I don't get that. Come on. It's, it just happens to be really hot. Yeah. It is also the best Kevin Costner baseball movie. Sorry, Field of Dreams. Yeah. Yes, it is. Field of Dreams is terrible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the hotness. It's a hot movie. Okay. I honestly thought this episode was very sexy, despite not having any hashtag strong sexual content. Whatever. It was good. The, hot. It's mm-hmm. hot. Let Outlander be hot. It doesn't well, just have to be all about skin. The cute sex scene was cute and good, but it's really, to me, the sex in this episode comes from Rachel. Yeah. Just like surrounding her in a miasma cloud where she lives in her cloud of sex. <laughs> like, she, does she know it? Would thee like to live deliciously? <laughs> she knows it. i don't think she knows it because i think, I think she she's knew just it. there's a moment where um william said they're bantering about his beard which is red because fraser mm-hmm. blood um and she's and he says i thought you wouldn't approve of the quaker um disapproval of uh 
obs or uh, bright colors bright, or something uh, like ornamentation, whatever. And she says it's not ornamentation to celebrate the gifts that God has given you, like dead ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like that's Rachel is very, <laughs> she's very confident in who she is. Yeah. She's a woman who values herself, and yeah, mm-hmm. I love fucking Rachel Hunter. Um, I love Rachel Hunter a lot. I have not fucked Rachel Hunter. Yes. That uh, in this context. Mm-hmm. I'm just babbling now. <laughs> I just really like her. She's very good. The actress is great. Great character. Great portrayal. Hot scenes. I'm looking forward to it. B- both of the things we just described are sexy. Mm-hmm. So pretty high on the sexy scale for a scene. For uh, an episode, episode that only has one quote unquote sexy. But it's a hot one. Yeah. That mirror shot was hot. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm a big fan of any shot of when you're filming a sex scene where it's all limbs and you can't really tell what's going on, mm-hmm. but you can tell something's going on. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. Okay. Uh, let's do the get up to get a beer scale. Uh, I think you probably could. Uh, I didn't cause we've got to crowdcast and I just don't. But, um, there were times where I probably like on during the road trip or maybe during Lollybrock time when I might've been able to get up and get a beer. See, I wouldn't. And this is, I think this would go in my, maybe not quite my God tier Outlander episode level. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure it's in my top 10, but it might be. And it's hot. Like, it would be in the running. And the mm-hmm. reason is there's a TV critic brain. Um, there are episodes that are great and memorable because of all of the wonderful things that happen in them. Um, like uh fucking well faith right mm-hmm. faith is a great episode on its own because of all of the wonderful things that happen um various episodes last season like we could get into detail at some point we'll have to do these are our individual top 10 outlander mm-hmm. episodes all of that shit um lots of great high watermarks very memorable both sides Events, now is right. another mm-hmm. one right the one where we first get jamie's perspective and we've got all mm-hmm. of the frank and the yeah, like all that shit lots of great episodes and some of them are great for that Big flashy, memorable, mm-hmm. traveling in time, Christmas in Boston, showing up at the print shop, all that bat suit, moments like that. And then there are great episodes of TV that are just great because they are immaculately constructed. Everything has a reason for existing. Um, in this case, lots of hot, lots of plot setup, lots of hot piss. I was very into it. The episode that I usually use as an example of this kind of thing, hilariously enough, is an episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. My dearly departed, best beloved, extremely silly, excellent superhero show. That's like, whatever. I've talked about it a lot. Just watch that fucking show, skip season one. Read the Wikipedia. It's very, 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 very good and queer and funny and hot. And I love it a lot. Um, But there's an episode called Wet Hot American Bummer. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. The episode titles of Legends are great. That's great. Um, uh, There's one that's called Guest Starring John Noble. That guest stars John Noble. Um, it's very... Anyway, uh, Patty. Um, and the thing that I love about Wet Hot American Bummer, and if you want more thoughts on this, you can go find my recap of it at the AV Club. Do not click on any of their fucking AI articles. Oh, is that happening? Yeah. <sighs> Grotesque. Terrible. I was really proud to write for the AV Club for a long time. Normally, I'm not going to fucking send you there right now because they are finding new and different ways to fuck over all of their writers, and I do not write there any longer it's complicated Mm -hmm. but i'm very proud of a lot of the writing i did there and if you look up my recap of wet hot american bummer you will get more thoughts on this um it's not 
a perfect episode because it's a season finale. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect episode because it's no whammies. Everything has a reason for being there. Great performances, well-balanced. The plot lines all weave together, but it's not too on the nose. Mm -hmm. Some incredibly memorable moments and scenes, but nothing is like the thing, other than that kiss, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is, some of that's personal. Mm -hmm. um, nothing is there. Mm -hmm. So I guess my scale would be what Hot American Bummer okay. <laughs> from season four of DC's Legends Tomorrow which aired on the CW and now you can watch it on Netflix. It's a great episode of TV. Um, so you're not getting up to get a beer. No, mm -hmm. because I don't, and it's not because I couldn't, but it's, I think because I wouldn't think to, Yeah. because I was just so engaged the whole time. Mm -hmm. At no point did I think, man, let's hurry this along. Even when I was mad at Roger, I was very engaged in being mad at Roger. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it's just like an immaculately constructed episode of television. Right on. It's no whammies. Um, costume scale, we're not going in order, it's fine. Costume scale, um, where would you put it from, um, Lucy Worsley's Secrets of the Tudors or whatever the <laughs> fuck. I fucking love Lucy Worsley to, um, well, we get that overhead shot of Fort Ticonderoga, so I'll say Gone with the Wind. Oh, shit. Because we get the Gone with the Wind shot. It was kind of subtle costume moves in the past storyline. Yeah. You already talked about Claire having new clothes that look more like her and not the fire clothes. So, I I mean, I really like Jimmy those... Jimmy has that sick leather coat. Wool stockings. Yeah, it's it's good, but that's not what's jumping out at me. What's jumping out to me from this episode is the 80s costumes. Yes! And so, what is... Oh, a fucking working girl. Yeah, that's a good one! That's an 80s costume movie if and you've ever seen one. Thematically on point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, working girl, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're going to get a job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I would say? Um, fucking Norma Ray. <laughs> Union. <laughs> it's um, it's great. It's it's really solid modern costuming, and mm -hmm. they're even though there's discord in this episode, they are tied together by their the color and what they're wearing. Because also Brie rocks a denim shirt at one point, mm -hmm. like they match mm -hmm. the whole way through. They're parenting together. They're flipping their brock together. They're living their lives together. They're finding gold musket balls together. They're on really solid footing. Most even of the time, when they're in conflict. I was going to say, most of the time they're on the same team. And then Roger tries to step off the team and Brie reminds him, no, you're on this team. Yes. Yeah. And here's how it is. Mm -hmm. So get it. The Listen, I'm an uncomfortable woman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm a very, you chose I'm this. a most uncomfortable most. woman. Most uncomfortable okay. woman. Okay. And he's like, oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You're the hotness. You I'm, invented matches. Can I make it up to you by playing a song on my guitar? And she says, no. no. <laughs> and then somewhere the little daughter of Amanda's like, sorry. <laughs> you know what? Costuming. Shout out to Mandy's suspenders. Oh, they were so cute. They're so cute. Yes. Really good casting. We've got older Jemmy. Solid, solid enough casting that I didn't even think of him as being older. Mm -hmm. We've got Mandy, no longer an infant. Incredibly cute, long hair, looks like her mom, sassy outfits, loves a priest hole. Great. Got it. Got it. Excellent. Top notch. Everybody looks great. Mm -hmm. uh, who? And we know who. But uh, who is your golden pamphlet? Well, most? actually, that's kind, of, that's kind of a tough one. Because... We've got options. The scene with Tom Christie is so good. I have to say Izzy. I have to say Rachel. Because she just... To me, her energy kind of just changed the entire show. Like, 
It's an excellent introduction. Yeah. It's I, like... What's her last name again? Izzy? It's I'm, hyphenated. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Izzy Michael Small. Okay. My, and it's M-E-I-K-L-E. Cool. Hyphen mm-hmm. Small. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm-hmm. I assume I am. Anyway. I think I gave it to her I'm for the Golden Pamphlet. Yeah. Me. I. That's a really good choice. I. It would be tough for me to not pick, but I feel like I could spread the wealth a little. So here's how I'm going to put it. Mark Lewis Jones has been eternal golden pamphlet yeah he's been vaulted he's up there like he's with pantheon yeah with the with the outlander grades he's in tobias menzies territory he's in duncan lacroix territory forever he and obviously sam and kate right there are people there on screen we assume they're gonna fucking kick ass and that scene kicked ass it kicked so much ass but you know what it's his second best episode of the season which is yeah. really saying something yes, because is. jesus christ he's, he's very so good, good. So, good uh, so i'm gonna spread the wealth a little bit with all due respect to charles vandervert um i am gonna go ahead and salute our friend john bell <gasps> who is very good and he when he's paranoid ian he's great when he's i'm not fucking going to scotland i'm gonna also join the war effort and you can't stop me uncle that's great when he's like buddy comedy hey william <laughs> i met you i th- i can't remember whether or not this happens in the show oh no the toilet the privy thing did not happen you okay. told us about it though. uh yeah um it's good. Anyway, I threw your ass in the shit can. <laughs> uh, there's a, there was a snake. Um, Another snake? Oh yeah. Oh my it's god. The what the fuck is up with a snake? <laughs> Frasers. Snakes hate Frasers. Man, why are they going to Scotland? They need and to you go know, to Ireland. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. It's because Jamie had the little wooden snake that his That's brother what I said, made. Sonny. I was like, yeah. why? He's not carrying Sonny, so maybe the snakes are like, try me. <laughs> I'm getting in there. It's just because he's a an accidental pied piper. Mm-hmm. They just want to follow him everywhere. He's a leader of men and snakes. It's because they, (laughs) a leader of men and snakes. And they just, they caught sight of the size of his flute and just like couldn't. (laughs) Gotta go. They were looking at that dick knife. Just like, fuck it. (laughs) Let's go. Let's follow that guy. (laughs) Vendetta. Lifelong vendetta. Um, Okay. Uh, So that is all great. And then the sex eyes. Oh yeah. That was a really good scene. It's, he's great. So we'll spread we'll spread the wealth a little because okay. I agree excellent character introduction I haven't been this stoked about a character in quite a well since Malva Christie, uh-huh. um, and that I was worried it wasn't going to be good at no point was I worried that Rachel wasn't going to be fun to watch awesome um, but she was really fun to watch and it is considerably sexier than I thought it would be right at the outset mm-hmm. um, so a plus mm-hmm. uh, so d- we'll we'll do a one for John Bell and one for Izzy Michael Small a plus work everybody thumbs up yep all around. Mm-hmm. next week's episode singapore yeah why is it called singapore i'm not sure uh i don't really remember the next time on hmm, is that bad uh, uh well we saw brie going to a job we saw brie going to job we saw claire uh helping sold wounded soldiers oh, yeah. and um, she's got a new boss dr now. butthole yeah dr butthole's on his way um that we can tell we're going to get a lot of this guys from that dude uh i don't remember seeing anything about willie there will be though mm-hmm. surely i mean it's Maybe faded not. to happen we'll see it's i think it's going to depend how much time we spend at fort ticonderoga mm-hmm. um but the future storyline is going to be good mm-hmm. they're setting things up that i just thought for sure they were going to cut and i'm so glad that they're not mm-hmm. some things that, that i now have unintentionally spoiled on this podcast apologies don't worry we've spent so many hours talking about shit you have no idea what i mean Mm-mm. but there are things that are coming that 
I assume they were going to cut that they are now it's like in this episode specifically there are up. multiple things that they are seeding that I will not spoil for you, but that promise to be very good TV. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be bonkers? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's some bonkers shit coming. Mm-hmm. It's not Loch Ness monster level bonkers, but it's pretty bonkers. Okay. As a reminder, the Loch Ness monster is a dinosaur that accidentally traveled through the stones. <laughs> oh my God. That's the theory. Oh my God. It's canon. Um, <laughs> there's some crazy, sh- there's some crazy ass shit coming that you are really going to enjoy. Okay, cool. Um, and a lot of it is in that eighties timeline. Right. On. Um, yeah, it's going to be dope guys. It's going to be dope. Yay. All right. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. What excellent content. I mean, month after month, we just keep killing it. Yes. Yes. And somehow this bit not old yet. Um, <laughs> not to me. Okay. But this is important because we're recording this, our, our monthly live, um, in person in person with our dear friend Amelia. Um, so we've decided to uh, make it a musical moment, um, as she is wont to do, uh, but we haven't planned anything at all. So, um, Amelia, what do you want to play? Oh, I don't know. I feel like I do best, quote, big air quotes, best, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you all just like shove random requests at me and then I just let the Lord take the wheel. Okay. All right. Well, let's do, let's pick one. Julie, you can pick one. And then if that like flails out halfway through our list, Very I'll pick a different one. So you've got options. Julie, okay. go ahead. What, what should she start with? Well, based on um, the season of the drunk cast so far, I'm going to go ahead and go with the theme from DuckTales. Great. Okay, I accept. Perfect. Okay. A little, a little butt jewels. All right. So will you start playing and then I start the spiel or do you want me to start the spiel and then you start playing? Start the spiel and I'm going to absent myself across the room so I don't take okay. over all the sounds. Hold on though. Hold on okay. though. Cause we have to choose backup song. And oh I yeah. Think if slash when <laughs> the DuckTales theme bottoms out, How dare you? Uh, I'm going to suggest, um, uh, it's all coming back to me now. Except happy Canada day to Celine Dion. Okay. Perfect. Great. All right. Okay. All right. Let's let Amelia, get Amelia, placed. you go ahead. Let me get my script. This is one of my, fa- I'm going to say this real briefly. This is one of my favorite times of year because when Outlander comes back, we get some new patrons, um, and some of our new patrons have come correct with some names. I'm very excited to hear it. Great. Let's All right. do it. Amelia, you ready? Here we go. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on facebook.com slash podlandercast, on Instagram at podlandercast. You can find all of our excellent shit there. <laughs> you can also find us at podlanderpresents.com, where you can find all sorts of information about all of our truly excellent shows. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to the show right now. We want to thank all of you for listening, but we especially <laughs> want to thank our patrons. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast, where you can support the show, join the Slack, get early episode access, and access our bonus content. <laughs> Thanks to all of our patrons. Thank you. You all make it possible for us to do this bullshit. <laughs> My old note is you like O'Doyle rule. I missed that one, but I'm not going to say it again. 
This show is produced by Allison Shoemaker and Julie Starbird, edited by Julie Starbird, other stuff by Allison Shoemaker. Our artwork is by Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura. Our cover songs are performed by Amelia Ham on the Loose Bazelle, as you can hear in the background. And who's also our social media maven. And also does great social media work for us. Thank you, Amelia. And now to Allison to really deeply thank our patrons. Uh... <laughs> DuckTales lasted five seconds. I just want to go on record as saying that. Uh, so we're still in Celine land. And we're in the chorus. <laughs> Keep it up. Um, it's uh, The nights were, were so cold. Um, so... There we go. There it is. We want to thank all of our patrons, but especially the following lovely folks. Katie the Giorte Fishwife... Mindy Mule, Rachel Ravel, Brenda, <laughs> Allison King, Doc JWS, Chekhov's ointment. I saw Goody Proctor with the devil. Sydney Taylor, Maddie Perkins, Snazzy Knack, Lisa Brienne, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Jen Collins, Tina Barnett, Nicole Rodriguez, Kristen Freckled Fury. Ham on the loose. That's him on the loose, guys. Uh, Liz and Tinkerbell, Terry Welch, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smith, Jerry Hertel, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Kelly Mazella, Chantel Salters, <laughs> Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Polkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCurry, Julia DeToy, Jen Lynn, Kenny Bodden, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, Elizabeth Young, and Kiki the Wise. We love y'all so much. Thank you for making it possible for us to do this stupid show. Zuh. 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 All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hi, folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds. Jesus Christ! It'll be fine. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. The radio is talking to me. Really, big monster? Zero irony. We're surrounded by cavemen. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette in 415 million BC. Where are we? Space. Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app or just go to weopenat6.com.